Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. I'm just checking to see how your week's going. You know, I out, you know, out there, I know there's a lot of difficult. This is a very difficult time. It's a time where a lot of people don't feel safe. There's, uh, there's, there's a lot of hysteria. There's a lot of craziness. There's a pile of people losing their shit about stuff that doesn't fucking matter. In the overall picture, who gives a fuck about this, that, and the other thing when we might not even be able to live on the planet if we keep going the way we're going, right? Happy Thursday, everybody. (laughs) How's it going? Oh, my God. Oh, freckles. You know? Oh, pasty thighs just fucking came up for air. My God. I went... uh, when When we last checked in with Bill... I from fucking, I don't know, Friday or Saturday of last week until last night at like 9.30, I did nothing but work on fucking writing this script and getting it ready for people to look at. And uh, I got to tell you something. The fact that actors get all these fucking awards and attention and then you don't know who the writers are, I swear, is one of the most ridiculous things. We were cranking this thing. We finally got the thing done. And my writing partner's going like, ah, man, you know, I can't wait to do like the Sandler thing and do one of these every couple of years. I'm like, dude, I don't think I ever want to do one of these again. <laughs> my brain was fried. But now I'm psyched because now I'm on the other side of it. And I think it's a really good script. And who knows? You know, you write these things. You bring them out. You hope someone's going to fucking buy it. And if they don't, you're like, all right, well, you know. I guess I'll try it a different way. You know, and that's what life is. You get up there, you take a swing of the bat. You see if you can make some contact, put it in play. Maybe every once in a while you hit a fucking home run. You know, but most of the times you strike out. You go back to the dugout. You don't get to ride in the laundry cart, right? That's what it is. All right, but try telling that to these broads. Oh, my God, if I have one more woman tell me how fucking easy my life is. You know, I started dropping weight. You know, I was down the comedy club, and I mentioned that to someone. She goes, well, yeah, man, you know, you're a guy. I mean, you guys just, like, think of losing weight, and you drop weight. Oh, yeah, that's exactly how it is. It's exactly how it is. That's why you never see a fucking fat guy on my 600-pound life. That's like a thing, like with women. They go, you, you just think about losing weight, and you lose weight. And it's like, no, 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 no that's not how it works. I've been trying to drop this weight for a whole fucking year. I've been thinking about it for a whole fucking year. Thinking about it. And I'll make it happen. Right? So, I don't know what the hell it did. It's just like, it's just one of those things you just have to sit there and listen to. I told you that. I was at the doctor's, right? And she was, I had one of those fucking old man spots developing on my head. And I'm like, I can't, I can't have this. So she's lasering the thing off. And I just say, uh, you know, she goes, you want me to numb you up? And I said, uh, you know, well, how bad does it hurt? She goes, you know, it's like somebody snapping an elastic on your head. I was like, all right, well, let's see how it goes, right? She's she's doing it. And it wasn't even that bad. And then she said to me, she goes, you know, I got to admit, she goes, you have like a a high level threshold for pain. You know, you're like a woman. (laughs) She fucking said that to me. I was just like, Jesus Christ. I was trying to think. I know I told this story before, but I know you guys don't listen every week. I was just trying to think, like, the opposite of that, like if I said, if I was the doctor and I had a woman in the chair and I said something like that, 
Like, wow, you're like really smart. You know, you're like a man. You have a high threshold of pain like a man. Like if I said something like that, practice over. Done. Be on that fucking E show. Something what happened. So anyway, um, yeah, I've been dropping weight. Just trying to go two pounds a week. Been eating great. I'm kind of, I'm off like sugar and salt now. And um, last night, you know, we took a break because our brain was so fried. And I put on the World Series, which uh, I'm getting such a kick out of it that I guess people in sports were saying that Atlanta Braves versus the Houston Astros was a nightmare for Major League Baseball as far as ratings goes. And what are they going to do? They're going to turn around and blame the cities and blame the teams rather than blame themselves that because of pylon teams and money, certain teams were able to be, you know, considered more interesting than other cities. Because I know when I watch the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter who the fuck's playing. I know the Arizona Cardinals, formerly the St. Louis Cardinals, formerly the Chicago Cardinals, have sucked dick my entire fucking life, except for one year when they had Kurt Warner and they played one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time, unfortunately losing, I believe, to the... Was it the Packers or was it the Steelers? I can't remember. But it was an amazing Super Bowl, right? They've absolutely sucked. And now all of a sudden, they're great. They got Kyler Murray. They got Chandler Jones. They got J.J. Watts. I love them. I can watch them all day. They're exciting. I don't care that they're in Arizona. You know, stop blaming the cities. You're not running your fucking league right. Sorry, I'm not like 100% flipping out about this. It's just 6.30 in the fucking morning. Trying to knock this out before I get the kids ready for their days here. Um, Yeah, what kind of fucking world are you trashing Atlanta? Atlanta has some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. You know, it's got great food. Other than the traffic, it's fucking amazing. In Houston, you know, it's, it's it's an American city. You shouldn't be trashing it. I'm kidding. Joel Olstein. Okay, Houston has Joel Olstein. Houston won back-to-back fattest cities in America, which is a dynasty because it's so hard. It's really hard to do that. I think it's like political, right? Let me just see. When was their dynasty? I want to say it was in the 2000s. Because, see, the Cowboys had a dynasty in the 90s, as did the Yankees. And then Houston had a dynasty with fat people. Let's see here. Fattest city in America, year by year. All right. Let's see what we got here. Okay, fattest cities in America, 2021 fattest city in America, fattest cities. They won't go year by year. Let's see who's got it this year. Let's see who's taking the title. Okay, according to this thing, McAllen, Texas. Never even heard of that place. Memphis, Tennessee. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I did some acting work there, man. It's hard to buy anything that isn't fried. That's a tough city to be in. Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. (laughs) These are all the non-vaccine cities. Jesus Christ, people. 
I hope you're wearing masks. Shreveport, Louisiana, Birmingham, Alabama, Jackson, Mississippi, Mobile, Alabama, 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 Lafayette, Louisiana, Louisiana coming in strong, Baton Rouge, Shreveport, Lafayette, Knoxville, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Augusta, Georgia, Greenville, South Carolina, Fayetteville, Arkansas, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Oh, you hate to see it. Bunch of fatties walking around in bathing suits. San Antonio, Texas, Wichita, Kansas, New Orleans, Louisiana, Nashville, Tennessee. So you got to say Louisiana is the fattest fucking state out there. Tennessee, all their big cities, Memphis, Chattanooga, Nashville, McAllen also has the highest share of physically inactive adults, 36.90%. Well, how about a hats off that they were active enough to take that survey, uh, which is 2.2 times higher than Provo, Orem, Utah, the metro area with the lowest at 16.5, of the people are active. El Paso, Texas has the highest share of diabetic adults. Oh God, you don't want that which is 2.3 times higher than in Denver, the metro area with the, lo- the lowest. Oh, yeah, they're out there fucking whitewater raft in there. Um, so anyway, I got to watch a little bit of the uh, Atlanta-Houston game, and the first Atlanta won the first game 6-2. Houston assholes won 7-2. Uh, to And I'm calling them the Astros because as a Patriots fan, to watch them do what they did, and it's, I haven't even heard it brought up yet. This isn't them trying to redeem the fact that they got busted with their pants down, cheating their fucking asses off, banging on that trash can. Nothing. I was watching the game last night, right? And El Tuve hits a fucking home run. The announcer goes, you know, that's his 22nd home run. His 22nd home run in postseason play. And he's like, you know, 14 of those that were at home. Oh, yeah, where they had the fucking trash can and he knew a changeup was coming. Nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing. And I got as a Pats fan to still listen to people talk to me about Deflategate, which went to court and was laughed at. wasn't even laughed at of court. The guy got fucking upset about it, saying, stop wasting my time. Fucking unbelievable. We have a drug addict with a dead mistress, hires a scientist who isn't one, isn't one to come up with some boss hog Dukes of Hazard shit, and it sticks. It fucking sticks. These motherfuckers go to Home Depot, buy some trash cans. They get fucking busted doing it. Was it fucking two years later? Three, three fucking four years later. Ah, uh, oh, it's amazing. This guy's been unbelievably successful. I told you I saw the same thing with fucking A-Rod when he played with the Yankees. Guy gets busted doing steroids, you know, and everybody's, ah, fuck this guy. Guy's terrible for baseball, blah, 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 all this fucking shit. Then the guy hits his 600th home run. Same fucking newspapers. Where do we put him historically? The greatest shortstop third baseman of all fucking time a couple of years later. I don't know. Unreal. But I can tell you this. It's a fucking great series. It's predicting that's going to go six to seven games and I've always said this thing, because I, I, I look at Houston like, okay, they cheated. But then again, my Red Sox and the New York Yankees had $200 million roided up free agent teams. 
okay? And we want a bunch of them doing that. So I'm not going to fucking sit there and say that. However, you know, I'm not going to act like we're all fucking innocent here, but I mean, I'm just beside myself that you can come back and then that is not the story. Hey, can the Houston Astros win a legit one without going down to the hardware store? Can they do that? And the fact if they win this thing, you know, will people be like, well, how did they win it? Do we need to investigate them again? Make sure they didn't have a camera out in the outfield wall. No, doesn't count. Doesn't fucking count. It's a cheat meal for old Houston. So um, anyway, so I'm watching this series, right? And I remember earlier this year, I was talking about Dusty Baker and saying what a great manager he was. And then everybody called in, oh, yeah, if you want to fucking get you to the playoffs and not fucking win, all these fucking losers who never did shit with their lives start coming at me. And I'm like, um, so you're telling me this guy has been managing baseball teams for the better part of fucking 40 years and somehow Major League Baseball's getting it wrong, but you, who never got picked in gym class, know the real deal on Dusty Baker? So there's part of me that I want Houston to win. Also for their fans, so they could say, well, we did get a legit one, you know? But then there's the Braves, you know? You look at the Braves, the Braves have been to to the Winter Classic, okay? They've been there five fucking times. They've only won once. They have an 11 and 18 record. They actually lost in 95 no, they won in 95. Then they lost in 96. They lost in 99. That's one, 95, 96, 99. Because the Indians lost in 97. Padres lost in 98. Mets lost in 2000. Yankees lost in 2001. Wait, who the fuck did the Angels beat? I can't remember. Ah, Jesus Christ, that's a long fucking time ago. Anyway, so you know their fans are fucking tortured. And who knew? The fucking Astros have been there three times. They lost in 05 to the fucking uh, Chicago White Sox, which I thought really took the shine off the Red Sox finally ending their curse at the very next year, you know, the White Sox. And the White Sox win it. So I guess this is what's happening now. Um, They sort of stole our thunder. You know what I mean? That's like I remember when the last episode of, uh, you know, Seinfeld was coming out. And then the same week, Frank Sinatra died. And that's just one of those things like, oh, man. Why couldn't have Frank died the week before, the week after? I mean, those are two huge things. You know, they both deserve their attention. Uh, Houston also played a seven-game series in 2019, losing the decisive game seven to the Washington Nationals, formerly the Montreal Expos. Um, anyway, so I'm going to watch that series. If you want to jump in, okay, game three, Friday, game four, Saturday, game five, Sunday. You can have a nice fucking baseball weekend, you know, and maybe send a message out there to the Major League Baseball that, you know, you don't need these Ocean Elevens teams like they have in fucking uh, NBA's the same way. With David Stern, right? That slippery little so-and-so. When they asked him who his dream NBA final was, he said the Lakers versus the Lakers because he didn't give a fuck about the league. He gave a fuck about money. 
and ratings. That's all he gave a fuck about. Um, but I'm sure it was all on the up and up when the fucking commissioner of your league not only would pick two teams that he thought would be the best, he picks the same one twice. <laughs> Probably not a good look, especially when you bet, get busted having a mobbed up referee helping said team get to the fucking NBA finals and win another one. Oh, I am on a fucking tear here. <clears throat> Speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, everybody, um, they are paying, playing the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night. Cardinals have not lost yet this year. So, of course, I'm rooting for them to go undefeated because I, uh, you know, my team's in the AFC East and I'm so sick of the stupid Dolphins every year clinking their glasses, celebrating kids losing and not getting to feel the feeling that they did, which I really just think is just, I don't know, there's just something about it that's just annoying. Um, and not the fact that nowadays these kids got to do it, you know, 16, 17 times. They just, that's just to get out of the regular season. Dolphins had to go 17 and 0 to win the whole fucking thing. So I don't know. I don't know. Sort of poor sportsmanship. If you ask me, it's cunty is what it is. It's very chick energy, estrogen. You know what I mean? Cheering on the misery of somebody else or German for what I am. Scheidenfreud. Um, but I think this is the, the, the Green Bay Packers season. Their season turns around or they're just going to fucking level off if they lose. Okay? Because they, they, the Arizona Cardinals, who would have thought, are the big boys in the NFC uh, conference, right? Well, yeah, the C does stand for conference, Phil. In the NFC. In the A, AFC conference. Yeah, you say AFC East. Then all the entire NFC, that's what the fuck I'm trying to say. So if the Green Bay Packers beat the Cardinals, they'd be like, you know what, man? Hey man, like I know we're in fucking Wisconsin, man, and everybody's up here eating cheese, but just know that, man, we can hang with anybody in this league, man. Or they lose. Or they lose. And then once again, it's on Aaron Rodgers to take that mom and pop store that is the Green and Green Bay Packers, put it on his shoulders and take it to the fucking promised land. Anyway, I'm supposed to be doing these fucking reads here. Oh, here it is, everybody. Indochino. Uh, Share a story of the time you felt confident with the look you put together. I haven't felt confident in the way I looked in over a year, but I'm losing this fucking weight. And I'll tell you right now, when I do, I'm going down there and I'm going to buy one of those Indochino suits and I'm going to start wearing a fucking suit on stage just for the fuck of it. Because you can get a suit for $3.99 from Indochino. Uh, describe the occasion, the outfit, and how you felt. Um, let's see. The last time I wore a suit, uh, I think on my anniversary, I couldn't fit in any of my suits. Because I got all my suits tailored when I was at my fighting, my fighting weight. As Dave Keckner says when he's Bob Pogo, my fighting weight on F is for Family. Final season coming out. I don't know when. They haven't told me yet. Um, the right outfit can bring out something special in us. And with Indochino, creating your best look yet could be more affordable than you think. You know what's fucking awesome about them? I went by the other day on Melrose Avenue. They have their own 
store and I looked at the patterns in the fabrics and they have like those updated like fucking suits that I saw in the 70s, you know, with some sort of crazier patterns. Get a three-piece suit like that, a nice muted colored shirt right underneath it, coming in, right? Dick hanging to the left, coming in, talking to the ladies. They think you're a fucking weatherman. You know, there's, there's weatherman groupies out there, everybody. Um, the right, I'm making all that up, except for the store. Um, Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual wear, and more and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurement, and you can customize every detail. Choose everything about your suit from the fabric, lapel, monogram, and statement linings. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. The best part, the best part of waking up is putting on this suit. Indochino suits start at just $3.99 with all customizations included. I always picture what's-his-face, Conor McGregor, when he would have his fucking suits that fit him perfectly. You can do it for only $3.99, and you don't have to learn how to choke somebody out. Indochino is the, the poor man's Conor McGregor suit. Indochino is now open at select Nordstrom stores, giving you even more ways to get great fitting personalized clothing. Find your nearest location at Indochino.com. I-I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Right now, you can get $50 off any purchase at $3.99 or more using code BURR at checkout. That's $50 off a purchase of $3.99 and more at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code BURR. <clears throat> Simply safe, everybody. You know, there's big news from this. There's big news from my favorite home security company. Company Simply Safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. That's right, Simply Safe, the system um, that U.S. News and World Report names home, best home security system of 2021 just got better. The brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced technology and security features you want and need to help get you, to keep you and your family safe. I'm getting one of these fucking things. I'm getting one of these things. You know why? Because I saw some raccoon paw prints right next to my trash can and I want to see what goes down when I go to bed. Um, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if you watch it there's some fucking guy out there jerking off near your trash cans? Um, it is an ultra-wide, ultra 140-degree field of view, so you can keep watch over your entire yard. It has a 1080p or 1080p, I don't know how to say that, HD resolution with an 8 times zoom. That means you can zoom in on that varmint and see what it's thinking. Look right in its eyes. That means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces, license plates to capture critical evidence. It has a built-in spotlight with color night vision. It's like you're in the fucking army. You can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. It's super simple to set up and usually just takes minutes. And it has an easy-to-remove rechargeable battery, so it doesn't need an outlet and can go anywhere on your property. The camera has it all, and it integrates with your Simply Safe home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Together, it means every door, every window are protected, and now your property will be too. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor camera with eight times zoom capabilities, visit simplysafe.com slash burr. Once more, that's simply safe. 
Oh, what's more? Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Is there anything worse than when somebody breaks into your fucking apartment, which happened to me, and the cops are like, well, you know, we don't have any fingerprints. There's really nothing we can do, right? You got a camera. You zoom in eight, t- eight times. Bam, 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 bam. Right there, that's his fucking face. Go get him. Again, that's Simply Safe. S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash burn. Not all of them work. All right, Romans, everybody. Romans. All right. The first people that took over the world, Romans. All right. When the moment up for into uh, some history buff. Actually, that's not true. The Huns came down to just. Uh, Actually, um, Marco Polo, actually, you know, in India, Romans, the Persian Empire. If you read up on ancient medieval history, Romans, when the moment for intimacy arrives, you need to be ready. Roman ready. Whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, having the confidence that comes from preparation means you're free to enjoy the moment when the moment comes. Even though you are far from ordinary, the truth is that ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys aged 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. Well, 70? Jesus Christ, I, I would think so. Go to GetRoman.com Burr now to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction and get $15 off your first month of treatment. You know Bill Clinton's going down to get this shit. ED is more common than most people think. In fact, 52% of men between the ages of 40 and 70 will experience some form of ED. Roman's system is completely confidential and totally discreet. No big logos or labels on packages. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation. Yup, it's not going up and online ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, convenient, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Burr and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a U.S. licensed healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Burr today. And if you're you're prescribed, get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. You're saving money and your dick is saluting the flag again. I mean, what more do you want? Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this fall. Roman ready. By the way, Speaking of which, I'm going to be, I have a weekend coming up when I'm in two of my favorite cities, Detroit, Michigan, and I am in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. All right? I mean, I can't even tell you how fucking excited when I go to those fucking cities, the uh, places to eat, the people, I just love those places. And uh, it's, it's very exciting to see Detroit slowly but surely coming back. Um... You know, to have all of those cities go through what the fuck they went through. You know, the whole Rust Belt was just a fucking shame. And that's something I always wondered 
you know, what it would have been like to have caught those cities before the Rust Belt, when they were these great cities, thriving cities, and people could get jobs and those factories and all of that shit. Granted, I know they all polluted the environment and stuff, but, you know, they're still polluting the environment. They're just in a different country now, those factories. But um, that always fascinates me um, when we used to make shit here. And now you could be in high school and not even have to go to college and you could go down the street and get a job at one of these giant factories that were so fucking big you could work there for 40 or 50 years and never even see an employee that also worked there for 50 years at the same time until you both got your gold watches, you know, and you made cars or whatever the hell you did. And, uh, you know, you could have yourself a house, you could have a stay-at-home wife, raise your kids, you know? If you take all the racism out of it, I mean, that's a hell of an America. <laughs> Hang on a second. Um, anyway, so it's great seeing them come back. Pittsburgh, I swear to God. I'll name you right now, now that I talked about the fattest cities in America, cities I could live in. I could live in Pittsburgh. I could live in Milwaukee. Um, Chattanooga, Tennessee, I loved. Um, Chattanooga, the charm of Nashville without all the people. Milwaukee, the charm of Chicago without all the people. Pittsburgh. San Francisco without all those fucking, uh, those, those guys, not Borscht Belt. What do you call those fucking computer nerds who ruined that city? Pittsburgh is San Francisco without all those Silicon Valley fucking cunts driving all the prices up. Uh, those are my top three. Top three right there. And then when I really, really, really am down on human beings and just being around other human beings, uh, uh, Deadwood, South Dakota. I could live out in South Dakota, North Dakota. I always forget. Or I could, I could live in, uh, I went to this place one time. I did a gig in Montana. What the fuck? Was it Butte, Montana? Montana cities. Let's see. What do we got here? It wasn't Helena. I think it might have been Bozeman. Or was it Billings? One of those ones. Just go up there and be one of those weird white people that doesn't talk to his neighbors. I really, <coughs> every once in a while, I feel like I could be that guy. But then I think, ah, you know, I'd miss all my stand-up friends. You know, there's a great burrito around the corner. You know, you get scared. I mean, that's, that's a commitment. I mean, anybody can be born in the middle of nowhere and fucking stay out there. Or be born in a city and stay in a city. But it takes a fucking lot to be in a city and then go move to the middle of nowhere. Or the other way around, come to the big city. Everybody's talking about it. Um, which, by the way, I finally saw that movie, Urban Cowboy. And I had no idea how fucking dark and creepy and all that shit. That I, first time I tried to watch it, I couldn't get through it. But I was also really scatterbrained. Um, all right, everybody. That um, before we end the podcast, we have a wonderful new addition to the Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. It's the Bet 
MG um, segment where me and the great Paul Verzi, the star of I'll Say This on Comedy Central, one of the great stand-up specials of the last few years, um, we pick, we're battling each other, going head-to-head to see who, who has the... Uh, you know, who can pick all these NFL games against the spread? And here we are. This, uh, this is us talking about last week's picks and who we like this week. Enjoy. Welcome back for week eight of our MGM NFL preview. That's right. The Bet MGM week preview. Okay. As you guys know, we've teamed up with Bet MGM and we are having an absolute blast. We're using the Bet MGM lines, which are the best lines. Okay, to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for all our listeners this week if you haven't signed up yet. Okay, what have you been waiting for? A big splashy number to make your first bet. You've got the perfect, we've got the perfect offer for you. Sign up and use bonus code BURR. That's B U R R, and you could place your first bet risk free up to a stack. That's right, $1,000 if you lose your wager. You'll get your stack back up to a thousand in free bets. Just sign up with the Bet MGM and make sure you use bonus code Burr. That's B U R R and get your thousand dollar risk free bet um, today. Here's the thing, Bill. Bill and I, Bill and I both went three and one, and we you almost. You know, bad. Made- I was hoping I was going to go four and zero. Oh. I was oh, three and zero. Oh. I know. Three and zero, and I was like, if I if Verzi goes three and one and loses a game, I'm gonna have his heart. No, that would have been demoralizing, dude. We both went three and one, and we almost made these people win money with our Monday night special. I got excited about it. Actually, it made me into the game. We had Winston threw a touchdown. Not only did Winston throw a touchdown, he threw it to Kamara, which knocked out two of our three bets in one play. And I'm going, here we go, let's cover. And they missed it by uh, three points. But, um, yeah, nothing is yeah, worse. So let's is not anything... brag about almost making a money, Paul. Let's brag about it when it happens. I know. I was rooting for them, though. <laughs> I was rooting for them, man. Um, is anything worse than being 3-0 and and losing the last one? That happened to me, too. I, yeah, I was... winning a fucking bet and the assholes going to the prevent so you lose your bet. So you're actually fucking right, but they decide to not play football for the last two minutes. Oh, don't get me started, Paul. I'll choke this fucking microphone. That's, that's the worst. So I hit, up, I hit up Andrew, and I go, Andrew, I'm 3-1. and one. What's Bill? And he said, you were doing the same thing. So we keep asking him. And then he goes, Bill's three and one. So then I hit up Bill and I go, we, t- we both went three and one. And Bill goes, oh, the game's not over. And I go, what game? And he goes, the game that's going on now. And I go, no, the game's still on. And he goes, why'd you say I lost already? And I go, oh, because he jinxed me, Paul. That's what you do. You had this you compliment game. the fucking oh, bookie. No. You give him a shout out. I mean, we're still friends, right? <laughs> Uh, good week of football, Bill. And you know what? Paul, you're still in the lead. You gotta, ha- you gotta, you gotta have like what two, two, three games on me. I did horrible in September. I think I got one game, and then you got that tie. That that tie. Uh, so I don't know. You're only a, a game up. I think you're at least two games. And I, I, it's, it's you got to be at least two. You had a lot of three and ones when I went one and three. In the last month, and even I the had- week you went zero and four, I only went I only went two and two, so I picked up two games. Well, maybe that picked up two games is big. No, two games. I went 
the last four weeks, I went three and one three times, but that oh and four takes me. I'm fourteen and fourteen. I know that. I don't know what you are. I think it's a game difference. I think I'm only definitely below five hundred. I'm on the hot seat, Paul. Um, I got my house up for sale if I'm coaching the fucking Mets right now. Well, here we uh, go, Bill. It is week eight, which is an even number, all right. which means it is your turn to pick. You go. All right. First. I don't know why I'm going to pick this game. I don't. I don't know why this game is the way this game is. I feel like this is one of these games that you go like, why the fuck this looks like easy money? Even though Russell Wilson is not playing, they're giving three and a half to the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars, who I think won their Super Bowl by winning last week. They're in Seattle. They got the 12th man. The Lumberjacks are coming out of the hills. They're going to be deafening. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks. Laying three and a half to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And with their Ken Doll quarterback there. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to pick a game that I don't what know. What the fuck because- was that? What? You just made it sound like that was the stupid move ever. I, I don't, you want me to give you advice? I mean, we're not giving each other advice. I don't like that pick. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not going to tell you that. You're my friend. I don't like the pick because I think Geno Smith stinks and I think Seattle stinks. And Sneaky Pete's finito. I think Sneaky Pete's leaving soon. That's my little fucking side. Well, then thing. take the Jaguars. You can sit there and judge my fucking picks in front of everybody, you son of a bitch. You brought that out of me. I tried to mind my... No, best. I did not bring that out of you. You just went like, all right. <laughs> you I'm fucking also- competitive son of a bitch. No, I swear I'm to looking- God, you were trying... You're trying... Paul, you're trying I'm to put sure. the hex on all my picks. No, no, man. You Do got I me give you wrong. shit when you fucking pick a team laying 25? You got me all wrong. Can't even make eye contact with me. Look at you. No, Devontae you Adams fucking is fucking red bastard. Devontae who are you, who are you picking, is, Paul? I don't know, man. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to pick the Packers to give the Cardinals their first loss Thursday night. But Devontae Adams is out. But Aaron Rodgers, there's something about him that when he's a dog and he's a road dog, I like him. You know what? I'm going to take, but we got to make sure these bed MGM lines aren't moving. You got it at six and a half. I'm going to take it at six and a half. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers giving Ky- uh, was it Kyler Murray and those unbelievably undefeated Cardinals their first L. I'm going with uh, Rodgers. I'm taking the Packers Thursday night. You really going to do that? <laughs> 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 All right, I got my next pick is um I am going to take Joe Burrow. He's been making me money. Ba 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 ba. He's going into the fucking the Meadowlands, which I don't even know is a, if, Paul, is that even a professional football arena anymore the way the Jets and Giants have been playing lately. The Giants held it up for years. Now I don't know what happened. They caught COVID from the Jets. I'm going to take the Bengals, Paul, laying 10 and a half. Oof. This is a different year for you, man. You're taking more points this year. I love it. I'm rubbing You don't, off. Paul. You shit on all of my bets. I can feel it. No. I, did, I, did, I just, I, you know what? Should we go? Here's the thing. Bill's Dude, the Jets fucking stink. They just let the Patriots put like 50 fucking points on them. Bills beat me in the head-to-heads, Andrew, which means if we tie, he wins. So if we tie— Oh, by the win- way, I beat you in another head-to-head. That's 3-0. Can I talk shit about that yet? I just Three said times, just- Paul, you go up against me, and you lose, and here you are judging my bets in front of our wonderful audience. Paul, I'm telling you, dude, 
Your arrogance just knows no limits. <laughs> Dude, I got a, I got a feeling I'm going to go 0 4 this week. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I, I can't see him. It's like when you're playing pool sometimes. I can't see the angles, Paul. I hate this week, too. I can't see it either, dude. I really can't. Um, you know, the Bucks have been crushing. Why is the Bucks line so low against the Saints? That one's fucking with me. Why are the Bucks only favored by five and a half? Because it's a divisional rivalry, Paul. I, I was looking at that game, and the Saints are at home, and they're getting five and a half. I, personally, I either take the Saints or I stay away from that game. Oh, I'm going to do it, Bill. I'm going to do it. Oh, dude, I didn't want to do it, but it just hit me. I'm going to do it. Who? I'm just going to rip off the Band-Aid. I'm taking my Giants getting 10 in Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) I got to do it. I got to tell you, Paul, I stayed away from that game because I don't like Kansas City's defense. Kansas City fucking stinks. And Saquon How do they stink? They've gone to the Super Bowl two years in a row. They retain their team. What is going on in Kansas City? Their defensive backs, their defense stinks, and I I don't know. I'm going to take my Giants getting 10 on the road. I'm starting the game. I'm starting the game 10-0 with my heart. Let's do it. (laughs) Betting with your heart, Paul. That's a dangerous thing. That is the gambling equivalent of dating a stripper. Um, (laughs) All right. I got one. My divisional rivalry theory. Those games usually are close. Uh, the Bills are getting 13 and a half playing the Buffalo Bills, and I don't know why. I don't know why those fucking dirty fish. I'm going to take the Dolphins getting 13 and a half. Okay. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Are you, uh, you fucking with my bet again? No, no, no. I'm reading. Or you're looking at other shit. Oh, uh, no, I'm looking. Paul, I'm I am looking. so not confident about my, my things here. I actually need my bets this week. I need you. Dude, I, that was the third one. I just go, I'm taking the Dolphins, getting 13 and a half. And you just go, okay. <laughs> what the fuck is that? No, that was me looking at, I'm, I'm looking at my bet. I'm sorry. Oh, this isn't good so. for you, Paul. And this could go either way. When the man is looking at the fucking bets right before you, it's not good. I, I feel horrible this week. I mean, I feel, I feel dread. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if I'm not seeing it. All right. So you're taking, oh, you're taking the points is what you're saying. I'm taking the points. You're taking the points with the fish. I'm going to go. fish. It's a babble. No one cares. Why didn't they go with the sharks? The sharks was take, open back. The Miami dude, sharks. Is, this is probably bad. for tourism. I'm taking the Pittsburgh the Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers getting three and a half on the road to the uh, the Cleveland Browns. I usually I like take- that pick. Is Baker Mayfield playing? No. I like that pick. Big Ben. Going into Cleveland? I mean, he he's probably has a fucking timeshare up there. He does so well. His whole career, he's owned those guys. I don't know if he's going to yell it afterwards like Aaron Rodgers, but I like that pick. All right. Bastard. All right. I don't know why, Paul. I lost money last week betting against the Colts, but I feel like the Colts, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not believing it. Tennessee Titans, they got that, that Derrick Henry. I mean, that guy's a problem. He's a problem in the first half. He runs in the first half the way, you know, running backs having a big day running the second half. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans getting one point I love in the that. house that that piece of shit Jim Irsay lives in. 
I love that bet. Indianapolis. I, I love that I bet. I believe in Mike Vrabel. I think he's a better coach. And uh, I don't know. I'm putting money on uh, who the fuck's their quarterback? Wayman Tisdale? What's the guy's name? What's their, what's their quarterback's name? Gun to my head. I would say that that's going to happen. I love that pick. So good for you. That should be a W in my book. Now, here you go. You ready for this one? I may. This might be the biggest disaster. This might be a worse disaster quarterback than my other Alex. What's that? Who's the Titans quarterback? The Titans quarterback is an A. Ryan Tanner. Ryan Tannehill. Oh, Tannehill. Tannehill. That's it. Tannebaum. Um, all right. <laughs> so. Well, maybe he does something this week against the Colts so we remember his fucking name. How about that, Paul? I am going to do something stupid, man. I might. This might be the worst week ever. I'm taking the Detroit Lions at home getting three and a half to get their first win of the year. They're fucking zero and seven. I'm taking the Cardinals to get their first loss and the fucking lions to get their first win. There you go. Dude, that is such a huge game for the Packers. That is such a huge game. If they go in there, Paul, and they get their fucking asses handed to them. I feel like, you know, their season is over. As far as a being a fan, not saying they're not going to make the playoffs, but just as a fan, you got to be thinking like, all right, we are not, we're not up to speed here. I think that's a. They got to win it. I think. I think they go in there, Paul. I think they're going to be really focused. Aaron Rodgers going to win that game. Aaron Rodgers going to win that game. Or I like the points either way. Gun to my head, I I got got Arizona, man. I just think Kyler Murray is going to be like, I'm going to show you who the new MVP of the league is. You're coming into my house, the jobbingcenter.com arena. The worst fucking name ever. All right. Anyways, that's our picks for this week, Paul. I want to know how much. I thought you were at least two games ahead of me. Wait, Monday night special. What are we going to do? Let the Monday night special. Monday night special. With some money for our listeners. Oh, Monday night special is my Giants and Chiefs. How are we going to do that? All right. Well, we're going to do it, Paul. You're going to leave you. For once, you're going to think about the listeners, Paul. (laughs) <laughs> Think about their hard-earned money instead of your fucking red, blue, and white heart. All right. What 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 are we betting on here? Are we, uh, do, are we taking the points? You think the Chiefs are going to cover cover 10? I do. Home, you do. All right. I mean, I hate this game. I mean, if you do, I'll, you could pick that. I'll pick another bet then. You could how, pick- how has Saquon Barkley been playing? He's back now. He was hurt. It's not an answer. How's he playing? When he was, before he got hurt, he was playing great. He was back. Then he got hurt. Oh, he He got got hurt again. He got an ankle twist a couple weeks ago. Oh, so he's not playing. He is playing. But he's hurt. And Tony's playing. Tony Dungy? Who's Tony? it's Tony time. Oh, Kadarius Tony. It's Tony time. Florida Gator rookie. It's the shit, dude. Um, Well, where's he been all year? He's been dude. He's fucking having an amazing game, dude. The he's having game, an amazing game. Eleven catches, one hundred eighty-nine yards. This is so yards. fucking out. When them, this should we should not be able to pick a Monday night special when either the Patriots or Giants are playing. We could. You want to skip it? We could skip it. Or wait. Oh, you saying you're talking about the Knicks every year? You actually have me thinking that they're going to do well. Andrew, can we do one where we don't pick the money line? Where we pick like other things? Can we do like this one's going to get a touchdown? This one's going to do. That? I we don't- say the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, are gonna- just like just like we're doing every week, you can pick money line. You can pick touchdown. Who to score first? Chiefs are going to win that game, Paul. You want to say Daniel Jones throws a touchdown? How about he falls down on the twelve yard line? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, how about he got the first down and then he fumbles the ball? Can I bet on that? Um, where's he from? He's from Duke, right? He went to Duke. He got a Duke University. I think he, I think he's done fumbling and falling down. I think he's smart enough to know. He finally playing figured great, out that man. that's he is playing great. He is playing great. Um, all right. I say Saquon Barkley's going to get a touchdown. I say this. You ready? Or do you, or do you want the, the Florida kid? How about this? I say Patrick Mahomes throws a pick. Paul, you know what? You're just like, yeah, this is like Mah- what, is this what you want to have happen? No, I think, I think Patrick Mahomes is really, really struggling. Man. All right, Paul, we're going to say that. We're going to say throws a pick. I, I saw the confidence just drain out of your face. We're taking that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is off track betting, Paul, on this one. All right. So we got a hey, Daniel going to be big on this one. A Daniel <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jones, a Daniel Jones hey, touchdown. Tear up your tickets. Paul's betting on the Giants. Tear up your tickets. <laughs> he bet the horse. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. It's over. All right. So Patrick McTomb. I mean, that's got to pay big. Listen, Patrick Mahomes throws a pick. Daniel Jones throws a touchdown. And Bill likes the Chiefs to, to – you like the Chiefs to cover 10. Money line. Okay. Oh, this is going to be – people are going to be tuning in Monday, including me. <laughs> it's a fun one. Well, I'm going to be rooting for you guys, you know. I don't know why. Patriots always did well against the Chiefs. Something's, something's wrong. That, that, you know, when, when your wife is talking about you, when, you know, he's got family running around, hotels fighting. He's got, he's got things going on. There's a lot of things going on internally. And when that happens, things don't work on the field. We'll see. I don't know, Paul. Why Some are the of my Chiefs best bad? sets. I get in a big fight with my wife. I go out on the stage and I fucking crush it. Yeah, but it's different. You don't have to throw fucking touchdowns. You could, what do you mean you it's could... different? It's what I do. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's what it's they different. do, Paul. You vent. What do you think they're doing? They're going to take it out on the other team. Now Paul, you know, probably... there's this new side of you now. You're like this psychologist every week. No, he's probably. Ah, like, this I guy throw... went out to a Hooters. He's weighed down with the wings and the blue cheese. But I can't knock it. I mean, you're up by a couple of games. I mean, no, man, Doctor Paul, I like this. If my wife was doing that, I, I, I w- it would be good on stage, not playing in a professional game. I'd be thinking about it in the huddle. Like, all right, listen, man, <laughs> we're gonna turn that in his mind. No, you wouldn't. She fucking did that, Paul. You wouldn't. No, I wait. Wouldn't. What? What are we talking about? What happened? No, I just there's a lot of shit going on in and in, in the Chiefs. Outside How do you know? Field. How do you know? We we where you getting this scuttlebutt? I that's what I heard. I was trying to figure out what's going on with the Chiefs, and I was like, the Chiefs stink. And somebody goes, Yeah, dude, you hear about it? You know, and I don't want to talk about the guy's family, but you hear about the guy's dad in a hotel. And I was just like, All right, I, I don't. You know, seems like there's a lot of shit going on over there. So, you know, you know, you know that was kind of my. Um, well, I, I, if I bet if you went around the league, there's a lot of shit going on in a lot of you know these are fucking true. That's true. I could be wrong. I could be 100% wrong. Okay. But let's hope there's nothing going on in the Chiefs locker room. They're just a little out of step with each other. Why are the Chiefs this not like, why are the Chiefs, like you said, go from that good to this bad very quickly? I don't know, Paul. Why did you buy those red, gray, and fucking white Nikes? Just because it had Jordan's silhouette oh, floating on it? Oh, Do you really classic. like those? those? Those are fucking Katrina's threes. Oh, those, those, those look like the Ohio State ones. No, they uh, bug me every week looking at that. No, no, don't don't say that. I don't like those uh, fucking loudmouth Ohio State fans. 
<laughs> look up. Look at the black. Um, I like those right. ones. Those so ones are nice. So that's what we got. We got Mahomes pick. We got the Chiefs on the money line, and we got uh, Daniel Jones throwing a touchdown. Dude, Mahomes pick, dude. That is a fucking. That's got to be good odds. Like that's got to be good money, though, right? Of course it is. We're betting the long shot. I bet it happens. Giants D starting to play better. We'll see. Paul, if you're right about that, if he throws a pick, I'm going to sing Connie Francis's I'm Sorry to you next week on the pot during this. What would you do if he threw I'm a pick? I'm sorry. What would you do if so he threw a pick? So sorry, huh? They, what would you do if he threw a pick and they lost? And then in the after interview, he just goes, yeah, man, shit at home with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, Andrew, play that. Play that, Andrew. <laughs> It's got a lot of stuff going on, you know, a lot of stuff going oh, on at home. Shit in the hotel. You guys all heard about that. I'm I'm sorry. Um, all right. Let's let's uh that's it, everybody. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, I hope you guys are winning some money. We're having a great time with BetMGM, the best lines in the business. Sign up and use bonus code BURR, and you could place your first bet risk-free up to a thousand dollars. Okay, if you lose your wager, you get your stack back up to a thousand in free bets. Paul Verzi. Keeping his head above 500. I mean, that's how that, I mean, we're, we're in. This is like legit, Paul. Everybody thought it was a fluke in September. Hey, Paul Verzi's been on it. Make no mistake, me and you, both of us. This is a true statement here. Me and you both have better records than some professional NFL analysts right now. And I looked, and, and that's, that's, and they bet and the money line. Fine. They're just picking we're winners. We're doing good. We should be on TV. <laughs> All right, that's it, everybody. Take we'll care. talk to you next week. Have fun watching. Wah, bah, 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 pro football. We'll see you. You have to be 21 years of age or older to wager in Arizona, Colorado, D.C., Iowa, Indianapolis, Michigan, Minnesota, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming only. Uh, new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Uh, excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP for Arizona. Uh, 800-522-4700 for Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, and Virginia. 800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER, Indianapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF for Iowa. Call or text the Tennessee red line. 800-889-9789 for Tennessee or call. 888-777-9696 for Minnesota. A sports betting is a void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states uh, were prohibited. Uh, promotional offers not available in Nevada. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. If you hang out, uh, Andrew Themelis, the Greek freak, as Paul Verzi calls him, will pick out some interlude music here. Enjoy the music, and then we have a bonus Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast to help get you through your, your fucking cardio or, or, or your flight across the country to one of the great fat cities here in America. Have a great weekend, you cunts.
What's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, October 28th, 2013. Three days before Halloween, everybody. Ah, the little bastards are coming. You know? They're all going to come walking up to the door. Do you know the lovely Nia has canceled Halloween for this year? She was so fucking mad after last year. We went all out, and I got the full-size candy bars, right? Because I wanted to be that house, the fucking good shit house. Dude, you got to go up the hill. Yeah, they got the full-size ones. You know, like people would actually say anything. The good people would. The future banker kids, they wouldn't say shit, you know? They'd sit there with their little fucking Fisher-Price pocket watch and say, nothing to see here. Then they'd probably try to go back for seconds. But anyways, yeah, I'm behind. I got to go eat a pumpkin. I got to make my traditional pumpkin bread. And you can laugh all you want. It's the shit. And if you ever had it, you'd fucking apologize to me, both verbally and in writing. That's how fucking good my pumpkin bread is. I'll put it up against any of you fucking ladies. Any of you fucking women out there? Huh? You want to go head-to-head with my pumpkin bread? You know what I say? You know what I say? I say, fucking bring it! No, I'm, not, I'm joking. It's, it's, it's pretty fucking good, though. Should be. All the goddamn vegetable oil in it. It's be fucking moist to f- February. Um, but anyways, yeah, last year there was just a, like a bunch of uh, like high school kids walking up with barely a costume on. They have that shit-eating grin on their face. You know that fucking age when kids get into high school and they think they're smarter than adults and they think adults are morons because, uh, you know, when, you know uh, we're not listening to their fucking music or whatever the hell it is because they're starting to shave. They get that fucking look on their face, which is hilarious. I don't get mad at it because I did the same thing. It's really fucking funny when you think about it that you would think that I guess because when you look at adults, we got wrinkle wrinkles on our face. We got the pot belly. They forget about the experience, the life experience that we have. Like, we're not fucking trying to do chin-ups here, sir, young man, okay? We're talking about a little business transaction here with your dumb fucking fake mustache on. I know what the fuck you're doing. You think I didn't do that at your age, you little fucking three-whiskered cunt? Get the fuck off my porch. Now, see, that's what I think we should do. I think we should still hand out the candy because Nia's done with the whole fucking thing. Um, I don't know if you guys listened to my podcast from last year, there was some fucking guy. I don't know. I don't know where, uh, what his accent was, but he wanted some candy with his kids. And this guy was like, like three years younger than me. And I just was like, really, really? And he was just like, yes. I'm like, really? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. I fucking choked in the moment and I gave him candy. I should have been like, get the fuck out of here. What, what is your costume? Going as a fucking immigrant? That's what you are. That's like me being a redheaded douche. Why don't you give me some some of your fucking baklava, whatever the fuck you make. So anyways, but you know, I don't want to fuck over the kids. The kids are adorable. And, you know, if they're going to get cavities, I'd like it to come from this house. If they're going to be future little fat fucks, I'd like to start right here on my front porch. So I think she's coming around. I think she's coming around. We went to the movies last night and we saw uh, Gravity, 
We gotta find ourselves a new kind of gravity. Um, and that was fucking amazing. But you know what sucks? The last fucking, like the last five times I've gone to go see a movie in IMAX, you know, Nia always sets it up and I always say, look, this is IMAX, right? This is IMAX. Yes, yes, it's IMAX. It's IMAX. There's like IMAX and then there's IMAX light where it's the smaller screen. The only fucking time I've ever gone to a movie and I really saw it in IMAX is when I saw the Heath Ledger Batman. And that was one of those deals where I couldn't see the cunt's head in front of me and I felt like I was going to fall off the edge of the earth. All right? That's IMAX. What I saw last night was not IMAX. That was the uh, that was the Bud Light of IMAX where it's... It is a giant screen, but like uh, to me, IMAX is all you can see is the screen in front of you. So fucking annoying. And those douchebags down there in Universal City Walk, they got like three IMAX ones. They got the real one, you know, the Alec Baldwin one, and then they got the Billy Baldwin and the fucking Stephen Baldwin one. And if you're not careful when you go down there, they fucking pass you off. You know, not saying... That it's not still a good experience. Not saying that those aren't two fine actors, but it's not Alec. Patriot Act. It's not him. All right. So last, so I was a little disappointed with that, but other than that, it was fucking great. Sandra Bullock killed it, and um, Jesus Christ. Um, and it's just, just the thought of. I think I could actually, uh, I could be at peace floating away from a station and dying that way and slowly just having the oxygen go out as lonely as that would seem just the fucking as long as i wasn't just twirling through the air doing somersaults and there's the earth and there's the sun and there's the space and there's the earth and there's the sun. I, I, I couldn't fucking handle that if i was just sitting there floating looking back at Earth and just sort of drifting away. I think that that would be a pretty fucking cool way to die. When do you just gradually go to sleep? I don't know. If you're breathing in only carbon dioxide, do you get like a headache? I mean, that that way, it's such a fucking peaceful way to go. If you're going to die before your time, okay? Okay, what do you have? Falling off a building? Fuck! Splat! Right? That fucking... The fucking wind in your ears, you're going down, making noise. Like fucking whatever noise you'd make on the way down, fuck that. Getting eaten. Like, I, I, I think beyond, what would, you, would you rather get burned to death, burned alive, or get eaten by a shark? I mean, eating alive is fucking brutal. Like, if I had to get eaten alive, I'm going with a big cat. Big cat in Africa. It's fucking over. After seeing the lion tamer there, um, which really, that's that's really just a title. Nobody tames a fucking lion. You basically, you had a good day. You're, you're on a good run, but you know what's going to happen eventually. You know what I mean? That That's like getting an honorary doctorate from a fucking school. I have an honorary doctorate from Harvard. Great. Well, you're not smarter than anybody or you're not even as smart as anybody who went to this school, you just wrote the Macarena or you fucking had your own sitcom, you know? And they knew that all those eggheads were going to be boring as hell when they were giving speeches on graduation day. So they brought you in. You're a fucking clown and they give you a piece of paper. That's the same thing with lion tamers. 
all right? You, you're not taming them, okay? You're trying to break their spirit, but at the end of the day, they're a fucking lion and they're the king of the beast, okay? Although some would say that the Bengal tiger could kick the shit out of a lion. I don't know about kick the shit out of him, but uh, I don't know. But anyways, just watching that uh, that lion tamer in Vegas, like when, when that thing grabbed him by the throat, that dude went limp in like fucking two seconds. It was like when you watch the UFC. You know, when someone gets choked out, you get choked out real fucking quick. So I, I don't have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to get mauled. Like I wouldn't want to get attacked by a bear. They're very sloppy. You know what I mean? They're very like rip your face off and, uh, you know, eat a little bit of you and then come back later after they took a nap kind of shit. I like the lions, tigers. They just get right to it. They grab you by your fucking throat and two seconds, that's it. You're out. You're dead. It's over. And then they, you know, then they have a meal. I wonder if any of us taste better than the others. Like if you ate healthy, if you're like a, if you eat like a uh, macrobiotic diet, if you're like a grass, like grass fed cattle, as opposed to an asshole like me smoking cigars, drinking booze, occasionally going to McDonald's. Do I, do I taste more like, you know, Drake's cakes, some dried out shit? I don't know. But anyways, when you look at all those and then the worst of all the getting eaten alive, other than a fucking Komodo dragon, which would basically bite you and then slowly follow you around for the next three days as the poison takes over, you know, as you're laying there and the thing's like two feet away, you know, just staring at you with lizard tongue flicking at the side of your face, but not eating you, you know, that's fucking horrific. Um, Plus, you know, rep- reptiles—they just—they just don't—they just don't have any. There's there's no emotion. They're heartless. They don't give a fuck. Mammals, even like a lion or something—they—they they have some sort of understanding what the fuck it is they're doing. Just like, you know, reptiles are like the Terminator. Not even Terminator could talk. I don't know what the fuck they are, but they freak me out. I don't—I don't like them. I really don't. I respect mammals. I have. I, I don't like reptiles. There. I made that statement, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to get some backlash on that, and I'm prepared to go on CNN and defend myself when I go on split screen with some fucking lizard lover. But anyways, so if you're floating through space, like, I, I could die like that. I definitely could. As long as I wasn't cold. As long as that suit held up and I was just sort of floating. That would kind of be the most... Uh, that would be the ultimate premature death. If you're going to die in your 30s, 40s or whatever, ah, oh God, I still had half my life ahead of me or whatever. Um, as long as I wasn't tumbling, if I was just sitting there floating, looking back at the planet for the last 20 years of my life, I mean, that's pretty fucking awesome. You know, me and Lance Bass up there just hanging out. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I have no idea. So anyways, um, I am uh, seven days in. No, six days in. No booze. Shut it down. I'm getting the glow back. All right? I've been juicing. Um, Although yesterday was a bad day, exercise day for me. I just sat on the couch all fucking day and gave a fuck. 
You know, just watched sports all day and gave a shit. It was the worst. I watched that Patriots Dolphins game with uh, right out, right out of, right out of the gate. Uh, my thanks to the officiating crew uh, that that worked that game. I, I am trying to remember the last time I've watched a game where my team got so many fucking huge calls to keep the drive going. That pass interference call on uh, on that defensive back against Gronkowski was criminal. Criminal. I believe that gave us kept the drive alive. And we got three points on that one. And then they had the phantom hands to the face flag thrown three like three four seconds after the play ended. Travesty. And then there was the fumble. And they said the Dolphins slapped it forward or what? I mean, that's one of those borderline. Was he reaching for it or whatever? But after those other two fucking ones, we get the benefit of the doubt again. Brady got sacked. He fumbled the ball. And the ball went 10 yards back in the other direction. We got the ball back, and it was first down. Lost 15 yards, and still somehow it was first down. And uh, we were able to come back and beat them. And I, I got to say, um, the Patriots are, are overachieving this year. Um, it's really an unreal. I can't believe the record that, what are we, 6-2? and two? Is that what it is? We lost to the Jets, and we lost to the Bengals. But, uh, you know. I'm I'm not like I'm a realist. I know what's going to happen when we play the Broncos. I know what's going to happen if we played the Seahawks or if we played the Colts or even the 49ers. Look, I know Belichick is a fucking genius and that we can somehow, I don't know what, but at this point, you know, that was what was driving me fucking nuts yesterday is they start the goddamn game and they talk about how the Patriots have injuries at all three levels on that defense. We're missing our best guy, Vince Wilfork, our defensive line best guy, plus Kelly. Our best linebacker, Mayo, is out for the season. Our best corner, Aqib Tlaib, they're all out. They're all fucking out. Hernandez went to fucking jail. Gronk just got back. Amendola is fucking in and out. We got, we got nothing going on. You know? So they address that. And then the end of the game... I'm watching Hall of Fame fucking players talking about Brady's numbers and how, how his numbers are down. I'm going, this is an atypical. I mean, Tom Brady with 125 yards passing? I mean, it's like you just fucking said. How about Tom Brady? Somehow we're fucking six and two with nobody. Fucking nobody. We got nobody. We got Gronk back, but we got fucking nobody. And we're somehow winning goddamn games. And, um... I don't know. So I am a realist. So despite the fact that we're 6-2, and two, you know, I know, I know the hammer's coming down. I know it is. Yeah, even if we win the division and all that. I mean, I'm not delusional at all. And then after I'm dealing with that shit, I actually call up Verzi to talk about these moron fucking analysts. And Verzi, I'm going to start. He, he's just sprinkling his fairy dust on the New York Giants like every fucking week, right? They're 0-1, 0-2, and he's just going like, dude, you know, I, I think we're going to win next week. 0-3, dude, I think we're going to win next week. 0-4, dude, I think we're going to win next week. Eh. 0-6, right? And he starts going like, dude, you know, I, I think we can go on a fucking run here and blah, 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 right? So now they've won two weeks in a row, okay? And I know they're not, they're nowhere near as bad as their fucking record, but Verzi fucking yesterday did the classic Paul Verzi, Okay? 
I remember in, in when the Patriots played the Giants the first time in the Super Bowl, right before the Super Bowl starts, he goes, dude, I'm telling you, I, you know, I, I think the Giants could surprise some people today. That's what he said. I think they could surprise some people today. He, he wasn't saying they are. He wasn't putting any money on it. He just threw it out there, which is perfect, because if they do, he gets to be like, dude, what I say? And then if they didn't, he goes, well, I just said, you know, I just had a feeling. Fucking that non-committal shit. So now he goes, the, the, AFC, the, the NFC fucking East is so fucking pathetic this year. The Giants started 0-6. They're now 2-6, and and they're only two games out of first. They could actually win their division. All right? Which is, which is classic Giants the last, like, seven years. It's just like the planets aligned for these guys. It is their fucking time. So what does Verzi say yesterday? He goes, dude, I'm telling you, I, I, I think they could go on a run. They could get in the playoffs, and they, 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 could, they could win the Super Bowl. Perfect. Perfect fucking prediction. Didn't say they're going to. Didn't put any money down. He throws it out there, so I'm guaranteeing you, if, if, if the Giants win the fucking Super Bowl, he's going to go, dude, I called it, because he threw it out there. I swear to God, it's listening to that guy predict shit. It's like watching a guy play roulette who just comes up with chips and just fucking dumps them on a bunch of different numbers. Ah, fucking, it drives me insane. And please send this clip to him. You don't even need to because I'm going to give him shit about it today. Um, And I actually like the Giants and that type of thing. And I think that they could go on a fucking run. And who knows if they get healthy? I mean, who knows? But, I mean, I don't know. I I don't see them... uh, I don't know. The Saints, the fucking Seahawks. There's a lot of guys to get through. You know what I mean? But I mean, it, the way the why, the reason why the NFL is great is everybody does have a fucking shot, especially if you play in the fucking NFC uh, East. But um, I don't. I'm, I'm going to give him some shit. I'm going to tell him right now. I'm going to call that fucker today. All right, and I'm going to say, listen, I want you to put money on it right now that the Giants are going to win the fucking Super Bowl. All right, and if you don't put money down on it, then I don't want to hear a fucking word out of you. Strive. You know. What? You know what's a classic Paul Verzi pick? Uh, Xander Bogarts. Uh, I was watching that shit, you know, just watching the guy. I heard a little hype about him. I read a little bit about him. And then I watched like two at-bats. And I'm watching this 21-year-old kid working the count in the fucking World Series. And uh, I'm like, this is a Verzi pick right here. He would jump on the bandwagon. Dude, I'm telling you. I think this kid could do something. Oh, is he going to be pissed at me? I'm just fucking with you, Paul. But for the love of God, just say some shit's going to happen and put some fucking money on it. Stop with your fucking, uh, I'll tell you, you know, I think it could rain this week. Um, all right. Plowing ahead here. Uh, a lot of sports this fucking week, as always. Uh, I feel really bad because I've been neglecting my Bruins. I know we lost to the Devils, and I know we beat, I think we beat San Jose crazy in the last second shot. I've just been. Wrapped up watching baseball. And uh, I got to tell you, dude, I did not miss it. Watching playoff baseball when your team is in it will take fucking 30 years off your life per game. And um, and I know that's not a unique experience. I know Tigers fans have gone through it, and I know Cardinals fans have gone through it, certainly with us being two, two games apiece. And... Um, I got to tell you, it's been exciting, but I fucking hate baseball. 
I, I can't handle watching the shit. I hate that there's no fucking clock. It just... I, I hate that you just can't fucking win a game easily. You can't just be up a bunch of fucking runs and everything's good. You can't just be up four to one and it's all good. You know at some point between the sixth and the eighth inning, the other team is somehow, hey, walks the first guy on base. And then it's just going to be this fucking nightmare. And then they're going to take the guy out. And some other fucking stiff is going to come in. And it's just, I have Tourette's. When I watch it, I have to walk away. I have to go in the other room. I have to put the thing on mute because I'm convinced Tim McCarver hates the Red Sox and the Yankees. I learned that he hates the Yankees through Verzi. And, uh, you know, he's a former Cardinal. I just think he just fucking – and I'm really trying to listen objectively going, is this guy criticizing the Cardinals the way he's criticizing slash predicting possible bad shit for the Red Sox? Fucking guy drives me up the goddamn wall. Um, and he, or he says positive shit about Ortiz and sh- positive shit about uh, Xander Bogarts. And other than that, it's just gloom and doom with that guy. He drives me up the fucking wall. But um, I have no idea who's going to win this series. And uh, it's been a great series so far. And two of the most bizarre endings to games. Games uh, three and four and that... Uh, that obstruction thing, I'm not going to be a bitch and complain about it. Um, I don't know what the rule is, like most baseball fans. The first time I saw the definition of it was that night, and uh, I, I don't fucking know. I mean, I think it's more positive way of looking at it is probably we shouldn't have thrown the ball down to third base. Slash, we probably should have caught the ball. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how you call obstruction when you miss – the first the first half of the collision. That would be my only part of it. But it seemed like everybody, including our own manager, said they got it right. So uh, so they got it right. The fuck you going to do? Um, whatever. It's tied up. It's anybody's fucking game. And I uh, hope we're going to win. I mean, obviously, I want the Red Sox to win. But I really want us to win because I can tell how much Verzi wants us not to win how much he fucking hates the Red Sox and their fucking beards and their anti, anti-Yankee dress code. It's driving him. Like the level that he gives a fuck makes me laugh because it reminds me of the ridiculousness of why do I care? It's like, especially with Verzi, it's like, why the fuck? Dude, you got 27 championships. If we win this one, it's our eighth. What is the problem? But he, for some reason, fucking hates the Red Sox. You know, for the most part, other than 04 in the last fucking nine years, we've done nothing but wonderful things for the Yankees. And, you know, you'd think if Chicago could find it into the, in their hearts to, to thank us, you know, you'd think that a Yankee fan like Verge could say something nice. You know, but I, I don't think he has it in him. Um, I'm just fucking with him. All right, let's, let's do a little advertising here for this week. Uh, what do we got here? What do we got? The usual. Oh, this this is this is the one that's been blowing up, and I've been getting nothing but positive reviews. Everybody, are you a man? That probably means you got to shave, right? Unless you got that fucking kid disease, where you never get any whiskers because your parents smoke too much weed or whatever the fuck. However, you get that disease. Is that a technical disease? I don't know what it is. Um, Dollar Shave Club, everybody. There are so many things in the world that irritate me. Um, people who had no idea what the obstruction rule was and then watched it on ESPN and then start breaking it down like they went to law school. 
That irritates me. Uh, what else irritates me? I don't fucking know. The fact that I've been eating so well and doing great, and then I went to the movies last night, got a Kit Kat and peanut fucking M&M's like that wasn't enough sugar. You know? That irritates me. Ah, a bunch of stuff irritates me. Anyways, when so many things can irritate you, why would you add razors to that list? It's time to stop milking your razor blades, everybody. I know with brand name razors, you're used to paying outrageous prices and exhausting those razors, and razors until they start looking like a rusty soda can. Well, guess what? It's time to move on. Dollar Shave Club delivers amazing quality blades right to your goddamn door for just a couple of bucks a month. So you never have to think about it again. They send a pack every month so you can change your blade every week. I love these guys, and your face is going to love them too. They also have a new product called a One Wipe Charlie. One Wipe Charlie's, everybody. What is it? It's a butt wipe for men, and it's classy. You wipe your ass with your pinky hanging out. Um, check out <laughs> check out the video and uh, sign up for your razors today. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr. That's dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr. Or go to billbird.com and click on the Dollar Shave Club banner. All righty, there you go. Hulu Plus, everyone. You've probably tried Hulu.com. Well, guess what? Now it's time to try Hulu Plus. You can watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere. Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit TV shows and a selection of acclaimed movies on your television. Or the on, or you can use the on-your-go with the, uh, the smartphone or tablet. What? what the hell did I just say there? Or on-the-go with your smartphone or tablet. I was doing so well. And it all streams in HD for the best viewing experience possible. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite current TV shows like Saturday Night Live, Community, and Family Guy. You can also check out exclusive content including Hulu Originals like The Awesomes, starring SNL Seth Meyers and soon-to-be late-night talk show host Seth Meyers, and Moon Boy starring Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaids. Hulu Plus also offers a great selection of acclaimed films for only $7.99 a month. You can stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. You can't beat that deal. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. That's a special offer for my listeners, everybody. Make sure you use HuluPlus.com slash Bill so you can get the extended free trial and that they know that we sent you. Go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill now or click on the Hulu Plus banner on the podcast page at BillBird.com. There you go. Um, anybody watch Fast and Loud this week? I taped a bunch of episodes, and uh, I have a new favorite car. I've always been a Ford guy, and um, the dude KC on the show paints the cars, which I think is so fucking badass. I was never really into the body work. At first, I was into watching them you know, do the suspensions and dropping motors in and that type of thing. But over the uh, you know, years of watching the shit on YouTube and watching people redoing cars and stuff, I'm really starting to get into the... You know, knowing how to paint the car just and it looks so fucking easy. But I watched Richard do it one week and he sucked at it. So I really see that there's an art to it. But anyways, that dude KC on the show had this uh fifty five Ford custom line. And uh I think that's what custom line or custom liner. I'd never heard of it. I I was always sweating the fucking Bel Airs, thinking that Chevy was doing it right. And uh let me look this up here. Yeah, uh, custom line. And they redid that one and they painted it fucking all white. They took the chrome off of it. That car was the shit. And then they ended up selling it to uh, Mark Cuban of the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, I swear to God, if you ever get sick of that car, I'd buy it. 
I'd buy it off him. I don't know if I'd pay what the fuck he paid for it. I don't know that kind of money, but Jesus. Such a badass fucking car. So, anyways, um, I'm in town. After You know, I've been on the road this whole, basically this entire year. And uh, I got a two-week break here, and I've been really enjoying myself just hanging around the house, finally. Um, I've gotten back into playing drums a little bit. I'm doing that Mike Johnston 10 Days to Faster Hands workout. I highly recommend it. I'm six days in as of today. I'm finally able to stick with it just because, you know, when I travel, I kind of barnstorm around where it's like a different city every night. And it's really hard. You know, you bring a practice pad and your drumsticks and trying to find a table high enough. It's a big pain in the ass. So uh, making sure that I'm doing it this time, I'm sticking with it. And um, anyways, I'm getting back into all my all my hobbies. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, this week, I'm actually going to try to make homemade ravioli. I don't know. I'm all over the fucking map. Nia said that to me the other day. She goes, you're all over the map. You have ADD. You can't, you play drums, you play guitar, you make pumpkin bread, you know, you can fix cars a little bit, the outskirts, basically. I can't really fix cars. I can do a little bullshit on it. I could have fucked up my seatbelt. I got to put that in. That's a couple of bolts. I can handle that shit. Whatever. You ride motorcycles a little bit. You're all over the fucking map. And I was like, wait a minute. But I stuck with stand-up comedy. I've been doing that almost 22 years straight. She goes, yeah, well, you know. What do you mean, yeah, well, you know? That's the fucking thing I do. Everything else is the, the, the other shit I do. Isn't that right, Cleo? Look at her over there. She got her two beds stacked up on each other like a fucking double cheeseburger. I've never seen anything sleep more in its life than that dog. Oh, by the way, I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing a benefit this Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I'm doing a benefit um, for uh, for pit bulls, rescued pit bulls, and it's going to be down at uh, Largo Theater this Sunday. That would be November second or third, November third. I'm going to be down there um, with a bunch of other comedians, a bunch of dog lovers. Uh, who the hell else is on it? I can't remember. Me, Whitney Cummings, a couple other people, and uh, I did this benefit last year. And it's a great cause. And what's even it's even better is they bring a bunch of pit bulls down there. And uh, it really is my favorite fucking dog. It's just the best. They get the best heads. They're fucking jacked. You know? You should see my dog's, my dog's legs. It's ridiculous. Her back legs, when she goes to stretch, I'm telling... I've said this before. You remember that Roadrunner um, episode... Well, Wiley Coyote took that shit to make him run really fast, and he's running, and he had the flames. Remember that he took it? It was like roids for his thighs. That's what her fucking legs look like. Um, and every morning she wakes up, and I squeeze him like, shaman. Um, all right. Hey, last week I talked about the Greenpeace 30 and how they got arrested for piracy and just like, was there any sort of thought behind, you know, you're boarding a goddamn Russian... I don't know, drilling platforming? What the fuck did you think was going to happen? So they got arrested for piracy. And I'm, I'm going to really follow this. Uh, um, I'm really going to follow this story to see what happens. It's it's just insane. Like right now they are, first of all, it, it got dropped down. Let's see here. Green, Greenpeace Arctic, Arctic 30's plight highlights the inhumanity of Russian jails. All right, that's a different one. Um, it's now a month now. Since the 30 Greenpeace activists arrested for attempting to board the, I'm not even going to try to say it, 
Why not? I'll give you a laugh. Praya Zamalama Yamala fucking oil platform were transferred from police lockups to remand prisons in Murmansk, the Murmansk region in the Arctic Circle. That really scared the shit out of me. Like, I literally thought that they were on just, they built these jails on the ice, but it's sort of the, one of the most northwest, I think it's the most northwest city in Russia. Basically, uh, it abuts up against like Finland, Sweden, Norway, like the top of those countries. So they're kind of all the way up there in these goddamn jails. And um, where the hell is it here? They they actually were able to, uh, they reduced the charges. So they're now, Russia drops piracy charges, cuts maximum jail term in half. Activists face up to seven years in prison if convicted. Basically, they, they I think they knocked it down to, uh, I don't know, almost like hooligan behavior. It says, Russia on Wednesday dropped the piracy charges against 30 people involved in a Greenpeace pro- ah, Sorry about that. The batteries cut out on me. Uh, speaking of Greenpeace, I was trying to make sure I used up all my other batteries before I fucking throw them out because I don't know where the fuck to recycle them. Um, where the hell was I? Um... I'll just start it over again. They dropped the piracy charges, blah, 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 blah. They face up to seven years down from 15 years. The charges against the activists who protested the platform um, last month have been changed from piracy to hooliganism, the Federal Investigative Committee said. And there's a whole Greenpeace thing if you guys want to get involved and try to help to get these knuckleheads out of jail. Uh, I don't know. Like, protesting... This is a really sad truth. Protesting is difficult enough in your own country, even if you have a democracy, because you know the cops are going to show up. You know what the deal is. And as much as you tell everybody, just remain peaceful, and then they won't club us down, somebody eventually ends up throwing a rock or doing something, or some conspiracy theorists say that, that the government hires somebody to go in with the protesters and throw something so then the cops can then beat them down and tear gas them. I don't know if that's fucking true, but I'd love to think it is. Um, it's hard enough to fucking do it in your own country. I, I got to give it up the fucking balls those people had to try and do that. Um, and just the situation that they're in, it reminds me of that documentary I saw on that, uh, the Ganja Queen. Did you guys ever see that? It was basically this lady that went to uh, Bali. And um, according to her, she loaded a boogie board with a boogie, you know, she checked that and that was her carry on. And then when she got off the uh, the plane, the uh, Bali state fucking troopers came over and said, hey, is that your boogie board fucking satchel? And she goes, yeah, it is. And then they opened it up and there was all this weed in there. It was all this weed, man. And they don't, in Indonesia, they don't fuck around when it comes to uh, drugs. They have a zero zero tolerance for it. And if you get busted with the shit, I think they put you to death is what they usually do. And they say that. I just did Tom Rhodes' podcast, and we we kind of started to talk about this. And they basically, uh, he's been to Bali, and I was like, dude, don't you get scared? And he just sort of laughed. He goes, no, I just don't bring any drugs into the country. And I'm just kind of like, well, 
what if just something happens? What if somebody next to you has them and just shoves them in your pocket? I know that's a ridiculous fear, but like, you know what? I mean, look, I'll go to another country and I, and the countries that if you kill somebody, it's punishable by death. And I can, I can live within that because I just can be like, well, you know, I'm not going to kill anybody. I think it's because over here, if you get busted with weed, in a lot of states now, it's legal. And then um, then if you get busted, it's like no big deal. Unless, of course, you have a bunch of it and you get you get busted for trafficking. That's a whole other deal. But, I mean, it's not like somebody can just drop a bunch of kilos of weed on you, plant that on you, stick them in your fucking backpack. You're going to know they're there. But it, just the fact that you have one goddamn joint on you. Like, dude, I would walk into that country naked. <laughs> I'd come in with a fucking Speedo. I'd get a colonic the week before. I would juice for a fucking month. And uh, I would have a cattle prod and keep all other passengers away from me. And I would walk into there wearing a goddamn thong. And that's the only way. And even then I would be scared. Punishable by fucking death. Jesus Christ. So anyways, if you if you if you want to watch something really disturbing, um, watch this ganja queen was what she was called in the papers over there. They opened up her her boogie board uh, satchel or whatever the fuck you call it, carry on case. And there was a bunch of weed in there. And uh, she they they were like, we're going to put you to death in the Australian, whatever the fucking syndicate, whatever you call it. The embassy tried to get this woman out of it. And uh, just watch that documentary. This, this, I mean, obviously, the Greenpeace 30, they're not going to get put to death. But I'm sitting here scrolling across the maps here, looking at this shit where Bali is over. In, and there's Murmansk. There it is right there. Jesus Christ. I, just fuck that. How the fuck is anybody going to help you? Oh, my God. That's why I always do that Amnesty International, because that is a fucking fear of mine. Just being thrown in a goddamn jail. Do you ever watch? You remember that show Arrested Abroad? Did you ever see that thing? I watched that with Nia one time, and Nia loves traveling. She goes, that that made me never want to fucking go anywhere again in my life. But it's just, it was one of those things. It was always like these fucking people were trying to smuggle drugs out of the country. I mean, I'm trying to think of something that takes more balls than that. I'm sure that you guys can come up with something. But, I, you know, I, just being in a country where if you get caught, you're going to go into their goddamn gulag and you're not going to be able to speak the language. You, I mean, sp- talk about a man without a fucking country and you're going to have to go in there. I mean, Jean-Claude v- Van Damme, is, he's, he's in, at the height of his powers, is getting fucking ass raped in that situation. It's just you're done. You're fucking finished. Jesus Christ. I mean, I get not working in a cubicle. They wanted to make you fucking money, but I, there's got to be some other talent that God gave you where you can make money that doesn't involve shoving a key of coke up your fucking ass trying to get out of Columbia. There's got to be another way to do it, right? Riding your fucking moped to the airport on unpaved roads. This, this has to, there has to be a better way. <laughs> there's got to be a better way to do it. Um... Anyways, 
let's fucking move on here. Let's let's are we far enough into the podcast here now that the thing cut out? I got to do the math here. Was it thirty five? Ah, Jesus, I don't fucking know. Let's uh, let's read a um. I think I went through everything that I wanted to talk about, didn't I? Oh yeah, I'm a little out of it here. I haven't eaten yet today because last night I ate late late at night. I ate it like a like one in the morning. I think is when I finally stopped eating. Um, came home had one of those fucking uh, anti pasta plates and uh, like fucking one in the morning. And I adhere by that rule that you go twelve hours with after your last meal. Like if you eat at eight o'clock at night, you eat the next day eight in the morning. I stayed up till one in the morning, so I'm not eating till one in the afternoon. All right, that's how you become a tub of shit, right? You go to bed at one, you wake up at seven thirty in the morning, you have to go to work, and then you eat a bacon, egg, and cheese or a fucking donut, and it's over. It's fucking over. So uh, that's it. I I tell you, I got down to like fucking a buck seventy. I told you I was going to get into uh, sitting down, no shirt on shape. That's what I want to get back to. Just one more fucking time in my life. You know how they're always making these movies? You know, they're going to do it one more time. They got one coming out that I'm going to go see. That that one with De Niro, uh, uh, Michael Douglas, and fucking uh, Morgan Freeman. Alan Arkin, or I think he's in there too. I don't know if they're all in there, but like I'm going to go see. You know, they're doing it one more time, right? That's what the fuck I'm doing with my stomach. And uh, I'm having a hell of a time because if you just stop eating, you end up losing muscle. All of a sudden, I looked down at my arm. I had the arms of a seventh grader, and I still had my little fucking beer belly, you know, looking like a goddamn turtle right now. So I got to do something. I got I to gotta fucking eat more meat and fucking do uh, more. I don't know what I got to do. I probably have to get a personal trainer. I don't want to do that. I have somebody holding my ankles, and I'm doing sit-ups. I can't fucking do that shit. <laughs> Oh, speaking of Michael Douglas, you know, I finally sat down and I watched Behind the Candelabra. You know, I am, um, I, I, I'm too homophobic. I was too homophobic to watch it. And, uh, you know, this is the thing about being, homo, being homophobic. There's all different levels of it. Like that word, oh, he's homophobic. And then you get it like you think gays are going to hell and they shouldn't be married and what they're doing is unnatural. I'm not homophobic like that. Um, I think, you know, being gay is just how you're naturally wired. So it's completely natural and go out and fucking have at it. You know, fuck as many as you can do your thing. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Get married. Have a hell of a fucking time. You know, God bless you. But, uh, I, I get like, uh, I don't know what it is in movies, when there's guys kissing each other and caressing each other, I, it makes me fucking uncomfortable. And then there was something about watching Michael Douglas and Matt Damon playing footsie with each other. Like that fucking, I, I didn't want to see him in a hot tub together. I, I, I couldn't fucking watch it. I'm getting uncomfortable talking about it. But whatever, I'm being honest. So anyways, I was on the road or something. I don't know where the fuck I was at. I was back in Boston and it came on and I watched... The second half of it, and I got to tell you something, that was, it was absolutely fucking phenomenal. It was fucking hilarious. I'm going to have Nia on here at some point and do her Michael Douglas impression. Going, Scott, Scott. I can't, I can't do it as well as she can. Um, they were, they, what, 
Michael Douglas and Matt Damon killed it in that fucking movie. And, uh, and I was actually rooting for Matt Damon's character. I felt bad for him. It's like, dude, you got to get out of this relationship. You're fucking up your face. You got to get off the drugs. You know, he's bringing in some younger guy. You, you, the writing's on the wall. You got to get out of here, man. Go take some night classes. You know, do something else. What the fuck are you doing with this old man? With his sparkly fucking coats and his goddamn toupee. You know what I mean? He's using you. I got into it like that. That's how well it was done. Um, highly recommend that. Two thumbs up behind the candelabra. Old fucking homophobe Billy. He liked it. Um, not 100% homophobe. Old 20% homophobe. Um, is that offensive to say homophobe? Am I supposed to say homophobic? There's something about abbreviating shit that makes people annoyed. Like you're not supposed to say tranny anymore. And you know what's funny? I don't even know if that's short for transvestite or transsexual. I don't understand why that's bad. That's like if your name's Mike and somebody, hey, Mikey! <laughs> is that bad? You know, that's really offensive. My name is Michael. Thank you very much. Transvestite. Tranny! What do you say to dick in a dress? What are you doing there, buddy? Sweetheart! You know, you can't fucking say that, evidently. Even, despite if in your heart you don't think there's anything wrong, I don't give a fuck if that's what you want to do. God bless you. You know, God bless you. Put on some fucking heels, walk down the street, and let people know what you're doing. Um, I don't give a shit. I really don't. I really don't. Just fucking don't play your music too loud. Don't trick or treat past a certain age. And uh, I don't know what else. If you're drunk... I don't mind if you talk to me when you're drunk. Just, you know, keep your distance. Is there anything worse than what somebody's... I had somebody over the weekend. I was down at the comedy store and just somebody was fucking wasted. And they just... You know, somebody's wasted and they just come up to you. You're in the middle of a conversation. And they just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking bard. They, they become like... You know, like toddlers don't give a fuck. How they, they have no concept of two people talking. They'll just barge in on the conversation. And they'll, they'll just, I think I used to do a bit on this. I don't even know if I ever put it on a special. I used to talk about how they were like, they were like drunks. And they would just start in the middle of the conversation, middle of a story, and let you try and figure it out. Um, I don't even want to talk about it. Let, let's, 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 read, uh, let's read some of this shit here. Um, all right. Is 29 too old? Hey there, Billy Bandwagon. For those of you who don't follow me on Twitter, I've uh, been going by Bill Bandwagon. Watching the Red Sox, and uh, I got to tell you right now, I am not Bill Bandwagon anymore. After fucking aging thirty years watching all of these goddamn games, I am back to diehard. I'm not diehard. Maybe I am. Maybe maybe I'll come back to watching uh, baseball. We'll see. The jury is out. But uh, Bill Bandwagon left after we lost two games in a row, and there was the obstruction call. He took off, and diehard Bill fucking hung around. All right. Anyways. First, he says, I just want to say love the podcast and your comedy specials. Well, thank you very much. Uh, he goes, my question, do you think 29 is too old to, to start doing stand-up? Um, I have a decent full-time job as a paralegal and consider myself lucky to be gainfully employed. However, life in an office is miserable and it gets worse as the years pile on. I'm not quitting anytime soon, but I've thought about st starting to try open mics to see if I'm any good and maybe 
and maybe what? Maybe help me be a little more outgoing. What do you think? Is it still possible when you're damn near 30? Thanks and go fuck yourself. Dude, abso-fucking-lutely. Absolutely. And this is the thing. Yeah, don't quit your day job. That's what I did. I, I had a day job. And I was like, let me try this stand-up thing. And I started doing it. And I immediately loved it. And I just kept working on it and working on it working on it. But I didn't leave my day job until... Um, I actually kept my day job when I could have left it. I was making enough money where I could live. But I kept my day job because I knew I was moving down to New York and I wanted to save up some money so I could, because um, I knew that I, I you know, I wasn't going to show up in New York. And they, oh, great, this fucking guy we don't know is here. Let's give him a bunch of stage time. I knew I was going to have to struggle. So I would absolutely, 100%, if you're thinking about trying it, definitely try Even if you just do it one time, you did it. You did it. I went skydiving one time. I ever tell you guys that story? I went skydiving one time. I did a static line jump in Pepperell, Massachusetts back in the day. And uh, I almost had a problem. They said, sit in the door. Sit in the door, get out, go. So you sit in the door. They open the door to the plane. You sit in the door. And then when they say, get out, you put your feet, you put one foot, your left foot on this, almost looks like an engine mount that's above one of the wheels of this fucking plane. And then you're hanging on to the support for the wing that is above the fucking plane. You're basically like a goddamn wing walker. And then it'd be basically if you if you leaned up against a bar, if you put your body at a 45-degree angle and you leaned up against the bar in the upright push-up position and then you went down like you were coming down to the floor. That's basically the position you're in. Like you're down to the floor except it's the support to the wing. And then you have one foot on the engine, what looks like an engine mount. And then you have another foot pointed straight out behind you. Because what you're going to do, it says, get, you know, sit in the door, get out and go. When he slaps your shoulder, you let go of the fucking plane, which makes no fucking sense. And then you bring that other leg up parallel to where your other one was sitting out. And then you arc. All right. And what I did was a static line jump so I don't have to pull the chute, but I don't have anybody with me. It's a static line jump. And as you let go, it pulls your chute and you and you go arc 1000, 2 1000, 3 1000. Look, if nothing, look, reach, pull. I still remember that shit like it was yesterday. 2 1000, 3 1000. And it's look, you turn to see your parachute. To see if it's opened if it's open property, properly, but look, if nothing, look, you look down to where your reserve is. Because if you, if you don't look where it is, for some reason, you might not be able to grab it. So look, if nothing, look, reach, pull. And then you pull your reserve chute. And hopefully that thing fucking opens or you're going to bounce. So he, he was going sit in the door. And I was like, what? He's going sit in the door. I thought he said close the door. He's going sit. And I find okay, so sit in the door. So I sit in the door. And... Then he goes, get out. I got out. And then he said, go. And when I let go, I didn't arc. I tried to grab for something and I started doing front flips as my chute was coming out. And I felt it going by the inside of my right leg. I felt this something touch my right thigh. And I was going, oh, my God, I'm going to get I'm going to get wound up in this fucking thing. And uh, I don't know who packed that chute, but thank God it fucking came out. 
and then you had like a little transistor radio or some shit on your shoulder. And then they just talked you down, you know, right toggle, left toggle. You had to pull it all the way down to your knee. And I remember there was this fat chick in the class and she couldn't get it around her ass. And she ended up landing across the street in a pile of loom and she dislocated her knee. Uh, fortunately that did not happen for me and it was, uh, it was pretty awesome, but I did it that one time, never needed to do it again. And, uh, I have the story, I have the experience. So maybe stand up will just be that for you. Um, or you could have the experience that I had where the first time I walked to the microphone, I felt like I was like an outer body experience. Like I was watching myself do it. And, um, it was, uh, I found my calling in life, which is probably one of the most exciting things other than finding the person you're supposed to be with in life. So I got to tell you this, dude, if you're in your office every day and it, and it, it is a miserable thing, that could mean that you're not, you don't have the right job or you need some sort of outlet. Maybe you're working too hard and maybe just going out and doing this one night and kind of remembering to try that going out and trying new things is a fun thing to do. That you don't have to just be 100% about your career. That's a, I think that's the thing a lot of fucking adults forget to do after a while. And you have like that thing, once you get your life down, you know, I get up at this hour, I drive down this street, I go to work, I do the same thing every day. I'm comfortable, I know everybody, there's no new challenges and then no one's going to make fun of me like they did on the playground and punch me in the face for having freckles, right? You can really get caught in that and then you get in a rut. So I don't know if you're just in a rut with work or whatever, but I would definitely recommend trying uh, going out and trying stand-up. Believe me, dude. It's, uh, I'm having more fun with it than I ever had, and I'm 22 years in, and I've, I never feel like uh, – well, I've had some struggles, you know, but you do with anything, but – when I'm on stage doing it, I never feel like um, – I don't feel like how you feel in the office. But I'm not going to lie to you. Before I started selling tickets, you would when, you, when it was just a fucking awful show and there was no security and everything. But, you know, anything worth having, you, you know, if it was fucking easy, everybody would do it. So anyways, I'm getting too long-winded here. Go out and try it. All right. Next one. Uh, dear Bill, you ruined The Hobbit. Um, he said, I'm a big fan of the podcast and your comedy. Unfortunately, I made the mistake of looking up your comedy on YouTube and came across the clip where you took a shit on Lord of the Rings. You know, what's funny. I don't even remember doing half of this shit. Uh, he said it was the scene where the Gandalf stumbles, summons shadow facts, the Lord of all horses. Oh, Jesus. And you pointed out <laughs> how ridiculous that was. Oh, I remember that. I am the Lord of all horses. It's just so fucking over the top. He goes, I don't consider myself to be a big nerd, but I do love Star Wars, Lord of the Rings and all that nerd stuff. I like all of that shit. I watched The Hobbit for the first time yesterday, and every time they said something ridiculous, I pictured your ginger mug going, oh, Jesus. I was literally laughing every 30 seconds. Well, there you go, then. I turned Lord of the Rings into a comedy for you. Um... You know, I saw a clip of one of those things where the guy just looks like a, and he has elf ears and he talks to the, to the, to the, I am assuming a wizard. You know, why don't wizards ever get a haircut? You know, why don't they ever have a sh take, you know, take a shave? Why don't, you know, why, why, why can't you be a clean cut wizard? 
Are you so busy moving fucking mountains? You know, somebody get, you know, get him with one of those little t- toiletry bags. The straight razor. Um, I was watching one of those things and I remember where the fuck I was at. So I on a plane or was I watching TV? It's all running together at this point. My age, the days fly by so quick. You can't even remember. Did I dream that? Or did my neighbor say it? I can't even fucking remember. But I was watching one of those elf movies and uh, the fucking lead dude with the Carl Malden nose and the Spock ears, he, he, found, he found a ring. Now, for some reason, I thought the ring, the Lord of the Rings, like if you had the rings, I thought the rings were like, you know, those magic rings that hacky magicians pull apart. I thought that they were that big. It looked like you found a wedding ring. I don't fucking know. Anyways, so he said he was laughing every 30 seconds. Whatever am I? He said, I hope you're happy that my enjoyment of The Hobbit was a casualty on your war on nerds. I don't have a war on nerds. I just call them out on their shit. How arrogant is that? I just try to keep them honest. <laughs> I do think that they should teach nerds how to fight rather than trying to stop bullying because you're not going to end bullying. You know, it's like I started watching the uh, the Ultimate Fighter where they have these the women fighters now, and I'm telling when I watch when I watch those women fight, I get like like psyched for them. going like I hope some pervert tries to grab her ass. Like, I hope a rapist, like, I would never wish that on any of them, but for the love of God, the next time a rapist tries to rape a woman, a woman, a woman, like, if she has the fucking skills that the women on the, on the, uh, the ultimate fighter, I mean, it's just going to be, it's just going to be a great day for, for humanity. Um, you got to see that show, dude. These, these women, like, for the most part, they, they spar with men because I don't think there's enough women in the sport or whatever. So these guys are kind of half-assing it, and the women are going like, "It's, it's you know, it's okay to hit me in the face." <laughs> and I'm just sitting there, like watching the guy fighter still pulling his punches because it just goes against everything that you were taught and everything that is just right in the world to ball your fist up and actually swing and and punch a woman is just like. I just don't think Christmas would ever be the same after that. Like it just it would just be something. You just you just would lose something. Um, but anyways, I mean, they they like I can tell you without a doubt, every woman on that show would beat the living shit out of me. I wouldn't have a prayer. There's nothing you can do once that that mixed martial arts. You know, if a woman look look a woman boxer, you have a chance. You can outweigh her, and you can just fucking just shoot her legs and fucking put her on her back and just smother her with a pillow from the couch. Right? You got a shot. But that UFC shit, you take them to the ground and then what? Then they're going to fucking put you in an arm bar. They're going to choke you out. It's going to be over. So, of course, me being a guy, being a fucking pig, I, I of course, got to look at them in a sexual way. And I'm like going like, all right, how do you rock that girl's world in the fucking bedroom? And I don't mean the girly ones. I mean the fucking ones that are like uh, the, one who, the one who's a champion, I, the, the, the heavyweight champion or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know what, what her name is. But that one, I was just sitting there going, all right, what would she like in bed? That's going to go. She is going to go one way or the other. She is either exactly what you think she is, you know, 
like the fucking Chicago Bears. They're exactly what we thought they were. We let them off the hook. She's easy, exactly what you think she's going to be. Well, she's going to be dominant and fucking holding you down. Slash scaring the shit out of you, wondering if she's going to rip your dick off. Or I, I would actually bet. I don't know. If you went the other way. That she would actually be submissive. She'd be so sick of beating the shit out of guys down in the octagon that she would actually, almost like one of those fucking uh, Wall Street guys that's calling all the shots and then just gets so fucking sick of dominating the the entire fucking planet that late at night goes to one of those S&M things and gets on a swing with one of those orange balls in his mouth. (laughs) I don't fucking know. But that's the shit I think of when I watch that show. You should definitely watch The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, dude, they had this woman. She looked like a fucking librarian. Or, you know, this nerd. She lost. But I just thought it was fucking awesome just looking at her going like, look at that woman. Like, you would have no clue. You'd have no clue that, you know, if you talk some shit to her that she would just start raining elbows down on you. I just think it's I think it's amazing. It's really fucking amazing. Anyways, let's let's get on with the. Uh, so I guess I ruined the podcast for this guy. I got to read the last paragraph here. He says, uh, "Also, it might it might be a good idea to watch the movie and record your reactions." Oh, dude, I can't sit through that shit. Like it's too fucking long. He goes, "There's a scene where a wizard called Radagast, Radagast the Brown, is being chased by wargs." Big wolves riding a sleigh pulled by bunny rabbits, dude. This movie, like, I would, not, I, I would think that more like uh, people who were into like hallucinogens would actually watch this movie because that actually sounds fucking pretty amazing. He says Gandalf goes, "You can't outrun these wargs. They are vermilion wargs." The other wizard actually responds, "There are." Oh, oh, these are, and then he says in parentheses, some corny fantasy place rabbits. I'd like to see them try. Oh, so he goes, you can't outrun the, the war, these wargs. They're vermilion wargs. And he said, well, these are Lilliputian rabbits. I'd like to see them try. That's actual fucking dialogue. He goes, and then they actually zoom in on his face with a look of pseudo, pseudo badass determination. You know what, dude? I think I'm going to watch that movie. I think I'll eat up like a fucking pot cookie. Maybe I'll watch it. I don't want to do that, though. I don't want to put that on YouTube. Me fucking high. Giggling like a fucking schoolgirl watching some wizard on a fucking rabbit. I don't want to do that. Publicly. I don't want to do that publicly. All right. Carrie Underwood. She's a singer, right? He said, I recently listened to your podcast. Or is that one of those guys with a woman name? You know, like that Shamar guy, whatever the fuck his name is does the hair products and also acts in movies, doesn't he? I can't remember his fucking name is. He goes, I recently listened to your podcast concerning the song Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood. Very funny, by the way. Uh, You might be interested to know how she has a new song. She has a new song out that takes that theme to a completely new level. In the song Two Black Cadillacs, a woman discovers her husband is cheating on her. Apparently, the mistress didn't realize he was married because she and the wife collaborate on murdering the guy. Uh, Not just destroying his truck and humiliating him 
in front of a new girl, they end the guy's life. Here are a few lines from the end of the song. All right. It says, yeah, they, they took turns laying a rose down, threw a handful of dirt deep into the ground. He's not the only one who had a secret to hide. So I'm thinking about writing my own country song. The title might be something like Cold Dinner Raw Knuckles. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's one of those double standards that it, you understand why it exists. You know, it's not like women go around killing guys all the fucking time. When it really comes to violence, guys do it more to women than the other way around. And uh, it's one of the things that makes it being a guy funny. Because if a woman actually, like, right to the point of, like, cutting, getting your dick cut off by a woman, like, it's just considered funny. Like, well, dude, she cut your dick off? Like, other guys just think it's hilarious. We're not going to wear pink, you know, for all the guys who got their dicks fucking sliced off and thrown in a garbage disposal. We're not. We're just going to laugh at you. Um, whatever. You know what I really hear that? I really don't hear that as an anti-man thing. I hear somebody who's struggling to find a follow-up hit and is going back to the well possibly one too many times. But then again, I listened to ACDC and they had like three or four themes that they have been doing for 40 years and I think they sound better better than ever, right? They sing about their balls, the devil, women, and electricity. And it's worked for them. So good for her. Good for her. Uh, maybe next one will be like uh, the guy comes back like a zombie and she has a relationship with a zombie and then he cheats on her. And then I don't know what she does. However, you kill a fucking zombie. I'd have to watch Lord of the Rings to figure that one out. Um, advice on having a baby. She had a baby, man. She had a baby. Advice on having a baby. Hey, Bill, I need some advice. You're talking to me? I, what the fuck? I'm nowhere near that. He said, my wife and I are both 27 years old. She is a graduate from college and working. I'm getting a master's degree and will not be done for another two and a half years. The issue is she is getting to the point where she wants to have a baby. Not now, but some, but sometime right after I graduate. I, on the other hand, am not wanting a baby anytime soon. But, no, but by the time I graduate, I will have been in college for nearly eight years. After I graduate, my wife and I will have a dual income of well over 100 grand a year. I grew up in a family... In a fairly poor family, I worked hard to get my schooling, so I want to enjoy the rewards. I want a nice apartment, nice things, and to travel the world. If we just start having kids, we won't be able to travel. And if we just have kids right after I graduate, I'll go from a life of stress from school to a life of stress from parenthood. But I understand my wife's concern. If we wait until we are 33 or 34 to start having kids, we could have some trouble conceiving. And if it takes us too long... She could give birth to a mentally challenged child, which does run in my family. Jesus Christ, dude. This is one of the more serious ones. I love my wife and plan on being with her the rest of my life. It's just a shame that my goals are to travel and have nice things, and her goals are to start a family. So what do you think, Bill? Any advice? Uh, that's some pretty heavy shit there. Um, well, I don't understand why when you're... you're um, going to school right now that you guys can't save up a little bit of money and go to Aruba for a few days. You can do little mini ones. You know what I mean? I think there's a way to kind of do both. And um, I think if you express all your concerns to your wife 
and just say, look, I don't want to be that couple that just goes from school to having kids. And then once we have kids, all we do is just do the kid thing. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know what to tell you here. Um, fuck. I, I definitely understand. I mean, you went from a life of poverty right to a life of school, and then you're going to go right to a life of being a parent. When do you actually get to sit back and enjoy a nice flat screen TV, watching some sports, or maybe go travel in Europe or something like that? Um, look, dude, you could do this. You could have a kid. I don't know how close you are with you know the parents on either side. Um, I think you can have your cake and eat it. Why don't you just have a fucking kid? And then also save up for a fucking epic 10-day trip somewhere through um, through Europe. And then just, just make a pact with your wife and just say, listen, once every two years or once every whatever, I want to, uh, I want to go on a trip. And we'll leave the kid behind or the kids behind. My parents did that. They went to Vegas and my grandparents came to time. It was great. We ended up developing a relationship with our grandparents. It was a good thing. And it was also good socially. It was good for us as kids to have a different sort of disciplinary dynamic. Jesus Christ. I remember I tested my grandmother too and she broke a fucking wooden spoon. Would have been over my head, but I got my arm up and I blocked it. I kept messing. I saw her the way we we were renting this. We lived in a duplex when I was a kid for a certain uh, number of years. And um, the way we had it set up was uh, it went kitchen, living room, and then dining room. So you had to walk through the living room. We kind of altered the living room and kitchen a couple of times trying to figure out which was best. And uh, this was just a period where there was uh, – it went kitchen and then we had the living room and then we were using the other room as a dining room. So anyways, we, there was this old shitty rug – and there was a hole in it. So my mother had put a throw rug over the hole on the floor. So I saw my grandmother walk by through the living room as she was setting the table. And she saw the uh, the throw rug was messed up. And she, I just heard her mumble to herself. She said, now, why does this keep getting messed up? So <laughs> she walked into the kitchen. That was literally my cue. She'd straighten it out, walked into the kitchen. So I said, all right, fuck. So I got off the couch and I messed it up and went over. And I went back and I sat down. So then she comes walking out with the dishes or the food, and she sees it again. She goes, now, what just happened? It was I just straightened this out. So she straightens it out, goes in the dining room, walks back into the kitchen, and then I got up, and I messed it up again. She came third time, sees it again, and she doesn't fucking say anything, which should have been a warning to me. So she straightened it out, and then she walked into the kitchen and turned the corner and I got back up again to go mess it up. And right as I'm grabbing it to mess it up, I hear I hear this stomp. And she took a quick step back and looked back out right in the middle of it, saw me messing it up. And she just had this wooden spoon in her hand and just came fucking flying at me. Like if it was an axe, I wouldn't be here. Right? If it was a hatchet, I would have been dead. She came in like Billy Bob when she fucking, when he kills that country singer, right? came flying at me. I just remember crouching down and putting my arm up and it, it fucking snapped in half over my forearm. She had this look of anger on her face, slammed it down, snapped it over my arm and then she just, after it snapped, she just went, well, that's the end of that spoon. And then she just walked back out into the kitchen and uh, that was it. So I, I think that's a good thing if they stay. 
if they stay with their grandparents. I think you can do both. I think as a couple, if you really sit down and you say what's important to you, um, you know, and this is very easy for me to say, not having a child and having it completely consume your life. Who knows? Your priorities might change or whatever. But there's also something to say, too, that if you start early, I mean, if you started now, you're 27, your kid would be 18 when you're 45, my age right now, and then you can travel, um, you know, 45, kids out of college by the time you're 49, then you have your golden years, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, depending on how, if you eat right, your juice, you can live right up to fucking 90 and you can go see the goddamn world. But there's no reason why you can't do that right now. Even though that you're in school, there's no reason why you can't go to Puerto Rico or go to Hawaii. There's some beautiful cities up in Canada, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal is fucking tremendous. Um, There's all beautiful uh, cities here in the States. There's all kinds of things that you can do and you can do them really cheaply when you don't have any kids. Dude, literally just backpack it. Just put a backpack on, stay in fucking hostels. Who gives a fuck? You know, just go. I would just say go and do it. I would just, yeah, do it now. Do it now. Uh, But I think that you can do both. And um, I also say everybody I know who's ever had a kid has never regretted it. Never, never, ever regretted it. So, um, you know, I, I, but I I think it's also important that if you do something like that to, to, to not lose yourself in all of it. All right, there, I've said my piece. All right, continuing on here. Alcohol problem. Hey, Bill, love the podcast, watching your stand-up right now on Netflix and has me cry and laugh. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyways, I'm, 25, I'm a 25-year-old male, and I'm starting to come to terms with the fact I have an alcohol... Oh, wait, I forgot to do the other pod, uh, advertising here. Hang on, sorry. Ah, fuck. I always forget the other ones. All right, e-voice. E-voice, everybody. If you're an entrepreneur and a customer calls, do you want, the, do you, do you want it to seem like you're in a high-rise, window-view, fancy-pants office... Or do you want them to know that you're sitting there in your underwears? With eVoice, you can create the appearance of an entire building. Sales, customer service, tech support, you name it. It's going to seem like you're sitting in a high-rise. Give your customers the royal treatment with eVoice. eVoice will forward business calls to your home, mobile, or any number you choose. Wherever you are, eVoice will find you. You don't have time to take a call. No big deal. It's routed directly to your voicemail, and you can read it. Um, at your convenience as an email. eVoice not only gives you an edge over your competitors, it takes away the edge the big companies have over you right now. And now you can try eVoice for free for 30 days. Go to eVoice.com or just go to the podcast page at BillBird.com and click on the eVoice banner. And last but not least, Stamps.com, everybody. The post office version of Dollar Shave Club. This makes your life easier. When was the last time you heard of a post office being open 24-7? Huh? Never. They usually have limited hours. Could be closed when you get there. That's why you need stamps.com. Gets postage. You can get postage when it's convenient for you. You're in the driver's seat. You can get it 24-7 right from your own desk. Stamps.com will save you time and the hassle of going to the post office. No more driving, finding parking, standing in the lines, all of that crap. Just use your own computer and your printer to get official U.S. postage for any letter or package, and the mailman picks it up. Can't be any easier. You'll save money with Stamps.com, too. Get exact postage the the instant you need it. No more overpaying. Even get special postage discounts uh, that you can't get at the post office. I use Stamps.com to send out my posters, my DVDs, my T-shirts, whatever crap I'm selling. 
I've never had a problem, and I'm a moron. So if I can do it, you can do it too. So right now, use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, for this special offer, no-risk trial, plus a $110 bonus offer that includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R. That's stamps.com. Enter Burr. All right. Alcohol problem. Hey, Bill. I love the podcast. Uh, Anyways, I am 25-year-old male, and I'm starting to come to terms with the fact I have an alcohol problem. I drink six days a week and black out at least once a week. All right, well, the only saving grace you have is you're 25, so you might just be a little immature. I don't know if you're an actual alcoholic, but let me read the rest of this. He says, I drink six days a week, blank out at least once. The nights I get really drunk, I really regret doing it and regret my actions. Nothing serious, just phone or text conversations I have with people. I've considered going to AA, but never have gone through with it. Um, I finally quit smoking two months ago and am worried if I try to quit drinking now, I will start going crazy. I know you have always mentioned you are stupid, but I honestly agree with most of the advice you give out. Well, thank you. He said, my question is, do you think I should try and quit cold turkey or are there any other options I can take? One of my concerns with quitting completely is that most of my friends drink and go out on weekends. Um, And I don't want to risk losing all of my social life and seeing seeing me friends. Got all Irish there. And seeing me friends. Appreciate the advice. Um, All right, dude. All I can do is just tell you what has worked for me when I'm not drinking. And um, the first two, three days are brutal because all you've gone is two, three days and there's definitely that feeling of, well, if I drink now, I can start over again. I'm just trying to make up three days. But if you can get through the first two, three days, once you get to the fourth day, it's like, all right, I got a nice little streak going here. Like I'm up to six days right now. And... um one of the hardest things to do is when you go out socially with people. But I found that all you have to do, all I have to do, because I don't know how, dude, if you're a full-on alcoholic and you have the disease, it might be harder for you. And you really should probably, I would say, talk to a recovered alcoholic. But if you're like me, all it takes is going out to the bar that first time when everybody's drinking and you just order a uh, – I try to stay away from soda and club soda because then, I mean, that shit's not good for you either. And I usually just order the cranberry juice and deal with the departed. Well, what are you in your period jokes that everybody does? I usually just go – I don't even do cranberry and soda. I just do cranberry juice straight up with a lime. And I just sort of nurse that. And then um, I just kind of drink waters. And you're actually – it's you're fun. you just got to do that that one night. And then you've kind of set up a new social experience that you're comfortable with. And you can still go out. And um, I got to tell you, you you get a distinct advantage when you're sober and everybody else is basically getting fucked up because they're kind of – first of all, it's it's really entertaining to watch people just sort of roofie themselves. And you get through watching their behavior, you get to see all the dumb things that you've done. Um, So you get to – Without judging your friends, you just sort of get to be like, wow, I was doing that, I was doing that. And especially with alcohol, I always say judgment's the first thing to go. And um, I don't know. I think you also have a better chance of meeting um, 
a really nice woman if you're the sober one because you're going to come off as responsible. And also, if your friends are also hitting on her and they're all sloppy drunk, you're going to look even better yourself. So I would, you know, if, you, if you're not feeling AA, which I understand, if you, just try uh, you, you, what it is. I, I don't know. I have to replace the activity. Like this week I decided, you know, that I was going to stop drinking. So then what I did was I dove into playing drums and I'm doing that, that Mike Johnston 10 days to faster hands workout. So I just sort of replace, you know, like at night, I just sort of like, okay, I'll go downstairs and I'll work on, I'll do the practice pad thing. And, uh, you know, I started working out. He just, he, you know what it is, dude? I f- you got to replace the time that you're drinking and doing dumb shit with shit that's also fun, but you're sober doing it. Because for me, it's like if I just don't drink and I'm just sitting around doing nothing, that's going to make me want to drink because it's just like, well, I usually go out and drink and have fun right now. But if I'm actually doing something else, um, like went out and I saw a movie last night, you just you fill up the time, dude. Learn how to cook. There's all kinds of you learn a fucking second language. There's all kinds of things, dude. That like you know, basically you're in your twenties right now, and uh, you know you're trying to appeal to the opposite sex here. So you know if you can add some shit to your game, you're gonna move up in the draft. You're gonna get a better woman here. If you're fucking bilingual, what woman doesn't like that? If you're sober and responsible, she's gonna like that. Who knows? You learn to play a couple of songs on a flamenco guitar. You take her out on a fucking rowboat. You're in there. Bunch of grit. Nothing bad comes from becoming sober, other than you. You are bored shitless, but you, you, your head gets smaller because you drop all that booze weight. I'm telling you, you, you won't regret it. You definitely won't regret it. Um, but like I said, if you got the disease and that thing, you might. You're going to need more professional help, and I would actually seek out a fellow alcoholic. Um, and then I would use AA and all of that shit. You, you know, I don't know. I'm just a control freak and I don't like people telling me what to do. So I would have to use it in a way that worked for me. You know, I'm not going to be standing down there smoking cigarettes, eating donuts, you know, talking to those people with their yellow fingers and shit. Like I, I couldn't do it that way. I got buddies of mine. They, they go every once in a while they go to a meeting, you know, like the way I go to church every once in a while, <laughs> fucking once a year they'll do it, but whatever works for you. But nothing bad ever comes from, uh, cleaning up your act. So uh, I, I hope that helps you. All right. Okay. That's the podcast for this week, everybody. Um, I'm off the road again this week. I'm, I'm definitely going to be around um, work. I might have a surprise show out here in LA where I'm actually going to be you know, working on my act possibly next week. I think there's rumors that I might be doing a full hour at a local comedy club. And um, – because I got to make sure I'm on my game when I do uh, D.C., New York, and Upper Derby. Um, that's it. That's the podcast, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, here's the wrap-up. Now that the show's over, don't forget once again to sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus. Uh, Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere, on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Uh, it's the future. It's the way to watch TV. In the future, right now. Okay? Support this podcast. Podcast? 
podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to the podcast page at BillBird.com and click the Hulu Plus banner or go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. That's HuluPlus.com slash Bill. That is the podcast for this week. Once again, I'll be down Lago on La Cienega, just north of Beverly Boulevard. And uh, I'm going to be doing this great benefit. I love doing benefits because I'm a piece of shit. God knows I need to work on my karma. Lord knows that. So I get to go down and help a wonderful cause that helps out, uh, you know, come on, helps out pit bulls. What's better than a dog? Isn't that right, Cleo? Cleo, come over here. Come here, Cleo. She's sleeping? Cleo, Dio. Hey. Oh, she's out like a light. Um, I'm boring her with my podcast. All right, that's it. All right, everybody, go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week. And uh, if you haven't watched the World Series yet, uh, it's a dandy. Two games apiece. One more game in St. Louis. Oh, you know what I didn't talk about? I know that the the World Series has always been 2-3-2. Two, two. I always feel like, I always just feel like the three in the middle. What would you rather have if you were managing the team? Would you? Ra- I, I just feel like the advantage goes to the team with the lesser record, with those three in the middle. Even though overall, four out of seven games, you're going to be on the road. I just feel like the way it's broken up, you just sort of spend a weekend in Boston and then you host a homestand, right? You got three straight games. You can sleep in your own bed, eat your own food, fucking chill out. And then if need be, you go back and you you, know, you deal with another weekend. They, they break it up nicely. Um, and I feel like the 2-3-2, two, two, it just gives the team with the lesser record home field advantage through the first five games. It makes games one and two a must win for the team with the better record. But... uh I don't know. Maybe that's just me. My anxiety as a fan and maybe professional athletes, could, they don't give a shit. But uh, I've always found that weird. Like I, I liked when the NBA used to do 2-2, 1-1-1. Um, it seemed fairer, but I think the athletes didn't like to travel. You know, they got to lug all that TV equipment. I don't know. It, just, it's just one to think about. All right? So that's the deal, everybody. That's the podcast for, for this week. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Faces of the bomb line that be cool, Steve.